0: This is Gareth David Lloyd, Yanto from Torchwood, and you are listening to Geek Pride Podcast.
1: Another guest with us, uh, who I'll introduce last. Uh, But with me, as always, we have Jonjo Cosgrove.
2: Yo. Hello, everyone.
0: Peter Ray Allison. Good evening. And our special guest tonight, David Alt. Welcome, sir. Hello there, everyone. Welcome. Hello. Yes, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
1: Did <laughs> you just find out, literally about five seconds ago, that this was live? Yes, yes,
3: I did. yes.
0: Because <laughs> I listened back to Erica's uh, conversation that you had on on uh, on your website, and I thought, okay, yeah, that, this sounds good. This, this, uh, <laughs> and I had no idea about the extra streaming sections that yeah. are bolted on to the it, side it, it, so. it's it's it's
1: all it's all live so basically <laughs> things happen things go wrong stuff you, know you are right? live on the geek pride cast yeah don't say you're more than welcome to uh to swear away if, if you should so please okay. um
2: <laughs> it doesn't really matter Okay. I think a lot of swearing is going to be at me now because I should have I should have made it clear. So yes, we are live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's, uh, we're you know we, we, people come and stream in and out and stuff. So uh, you know it's a Sunday night. So you know it is. It's yes. a Sunday night. So it's it's okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so David, uh, for everybody who doesn't know who you are, uh, can you explain what you what you do? Uh, what's your thing?
0: Right. Um, so what do I do? it's it's one of those questions that my family has been tormented with over the past 20 years because no one really knows what i do not even me uh but for the most part i do a lot of um voice acting uh, narration voiceovers as well as various other things on the side some of which have been slightly curtailed by the fact that schools have been out for a lot of 2020 but there we go that's <laughs> twenty twenty. Um, but yes, so I am. I'm here because you had the lovely, the wonderful Erica Sanderson on a couple of weeks ago, and she uh, name dropped me. So um, John Joe said, "Oh well, let's let's get this random guy on." Uh, so here I am. <laughs> in fact uh, what i'm not telling you is that actually i am erica sanderson i'm just this good at voices and <laughs> i've got that good makeup to be able to make it look as if i'm david alt but there we go <laughs> but she is a phenomenal voice actress as as you know oh yeah she was she was amazing absolutely <laughs> pleasure to talk to she
2: me. was actually she was actually teaching us some of her techniques that she learned for voice acting as well I which know, was just- um,
0: just don't ask me to do a Russian grandmother cuz I don't think I'll be able to pull that one off.
1: <laughs> what what can you do? What's your thing? What, what what's your, what's, my... what's, your go, what's your What's your
0: go-to? <laughs> what's my go-to? Um slightly uptight British man. Um slightly uptight posh British man. Slightly uptight even posher British yeah you sort of you, you get the idea. I get patterned yeah i i get typecast a lot and uh that's one of the things about having been in the voice acting game for quite a long time so in fact it's coming up to about my 16th anniversary um of doing voice acting which uh it's a long time i started in december 2004 uh so as, we've, uh, as we were chatting before, uh, before everything kicked off and before I found out that this was live, thank you, John-Joe, um, that uh, I, I was born and, and Sylvester McCoy was my doctor, hence why I'm wearing the Sylvester McCoy tank top here. And um, so I, uh, when, when it ended, there was the long excruciating wait for 1996 and Paul McGann and then into the wilderness once again. Until along came Death Came to, Death Comes to Time on BBC I, as it was, the BBC website. Uh, so here was a Doctor Who Audio Drama with pictures, but it was a Doctor Who Audio Drama. <laughs> An official Doctor Who Audio Drama. Uh, and I went looking for on, on online on this new wonderful thing called the internet for, for any groups that were also doing Doctor Who Audio dramas. Uh, I found a few of them. There was uh, Back to Reality, which is an Australian one, and they, they were doing a few around that time and, and various others. And I found one on a site called Darker Projects, which is, uh, it's still going. Um, I did take over as the doctor at uh, one point. I am still technically the doctor, but uh, life and production issues have sort of got in the way of things. <laughs> that's, that's I, I will just, I'll move on from there. Uh, it's It's taken us about, 12 years to get one six parter out Uh, these things happen Um, but anyway so uh, found the darker projects and uh, saw that they had a doctor who thing but they also had ghost stories and uh, the the night terrors series uh, and a star trek fan fiction as well called star trek the section 31 files They uh, had open auditions for anyone who wanted to do stuff. I I auditioned for a two-line role. Uh, The first things that I said on an audio drama were, slip drive, engage, Captain. (laughs) And from there, uh, everything happened. It was using an old microphone um, and uh yeah no, nothing quite as fancy as i have now uh but yeah that's what we were using and um that's how it all started really it all it was all thanks to the doctor <laughs> <laughs> well sylvester mccoy was my, was my doctor when i
1: was growing mm, up mm. um i um have i've never I, I don't hate Buck, Dr. Who. I've never... Sur- I've just never... It never clicked with me. I enjoyed the Sylvester McCoy stuff when I was growing mm-hmm. up because I, mm-hmm. I, I remember it. And I remember an episode quite vividly about, like... um cats it was something about like uh oh, survival survival. Yeah. survival and i just mm-hmm. sort of re- remember them that he it was quite dark and there was like they it had was. a pet cat and mm-hmm. um it yep. it got eaten and like that. that's mm-hmm. sort of like embossed in my head i was <laughs> like you know that was doctor who and stuff um But, yeah, yeah, I I, I never could get into it for some reason. I don't know why I didn't hate it or anything. It just never... It's like, I've never seen Firefly. Everybody bangs on about Firefly. I've never seen Firefly. And uh, (laughs) it's just one of those things. It's not like I've never... It's not like I don't want to watch it or anything. It's just I've never got around to it and never got into it and... It's, just... it's
0: fair enough. I mean, I, I have this discussion with various people, but I've never seen the Muppets Christmas Carol, and apparently that's one of the best things out there. But I've I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it either. Oh, good.
3: There's loads of
1: stuff, man. I've <laughs> seen I've seen a lot of stuff, but there's some there's some zingers where it's just like, yeah, I've not seen that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, well, it's like my girlfriend. She because she's Polish and uh, okay. she. Hasn't seen very much at all. So I've literally been going through the back catalogue of things and kind of going, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" I subjected her to aliens once, and like Ooh. she doesn't, do, she doesn't do horror films. <laughs> she, oh was, no, <laughs>
4: she was freaking out. Matt, we've got to talk about how you introduced Gozia to science fiction. Dropping her in at the deep end is not the way to go. Mm, <laughs> that was... that
0: is a bit of a baptism of acid. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: and it's just like, but it's just funny because, like, thing is, we She, um, she She's not very good with horror films and stuff, and she gets sort of like. <laughs> You know, we were watching Modern Family the other day and she freaked out at something. It was a Halloween special, but it was Modern Family and she, like, screamed at one part in that. So it's like she doesn't do horror in any way, shape or form. But because she doesn't do horror, it's amazing to watch it with her because she literally does the whole <laughs> sort of, like, covers over her eyes thing,
0: freaks out, starts screaming the house down and stuff. You, you just want to do the protective boyfriend thing, don't but
1: you? It, it's not even that. It's more that it's just the sort of thing like it's like it's it's because she's she's so upset about it and it takes the edge off it for me so i'm sitting there like does, you know does she
0: listen to this by the way um
1: she's upstairs probably sort of <laughs> eavesdropping at this moment in time so. What's he saying about me now? which <laughs> <laughs> you know she's just like i sat there in a halloween i was like you do know we're gonna have to watch a horror film and she's like no and I was like, but it's Halloween, we've gotta watch a horror film. This is like <laughs> n- no. And then uh we watched um it was on Netflix. It's not Insidious, it is Conjuring. What was it? What did you say? Conjuring
2: was it watching? No
1: no it, it's basically about uh a, a series of murders and the house houses these people are in and it's basically to do with children and there's like a, a monster that sort
0: of Oh, yes. Um, you know, really Scooby Doo, yeah, Scooby Doo. <laughs> at the end,
1: they pull up like, yeah. but yeah. So we watched that, sure. and we got like halfway through it, and it, you know, it, it's not overly scary, but there is little bits. But there was one part in it where she just
0: screamed, <laughs> and my mate's dog just went out <laughs>
1: went flying across the room,
0: <laughs> and then she. Decided- was it the bit where where he was looking at the at the pictures? and, and move. The, the thing and it just moved and yes. turned yes mm. that, that,
1: that's it that's the part what's the name <laughs> that, of the film
0: what's the name of the film I thought that was Insidious is it Insidious
1: I thought it was Insidious but it's, there's another one maybe it's called something else I think Insidious is some, uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to annoy me now
3: <laughs> it was, it,
1: yeah. Well, anyway, it was that film, whatever, whatever it's called. But it was that, and uh yeah, it's like. So I have her beside me just because it takes the edge off any sort of horror films. Because she just, she just can't take them in any way, shape, or form. That being said, she gets really. The one thing I love about her is she gets really into sort of like films in general. So we were watching, like, she's not seeing like many films so we were watching like the last samurai last night and she was getting to the point where she you know at the end battle she was sort of getting up and pacing around the room and stuff because she was like oh i don't know what's going to happen and things and that was just like <laughs> i love that i love somebody who gets so into a film that she's like you know she's emotionally engaged and basically you know it's a good film if she's crying by the
2: end of it <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got to say um my partner she's she's all right with horror films but the one thing i can't do is, um, she likes watching a lot of these films that are like based on true stories, based on true events. Um, one of our first dates was um, a film called uh, Street Cat Named Bob. It's like oh, the, um, yes. the homeless guy yeah. who basically he adopts this cat that keeps following him around, and um, it helps him get over a drug addiction, helps him um, you know move on, get a music career going, gets a book deal, all this stuff. And Joe, um, you know, as much as I can, I can sit through some of the worst horror films. I can see some of the gory stuff. I don't flinch, and I'm watching this, and I'm almost like tearing up. I'm like, right, I've got to try and look impressive. Maybe I'm like, three weeks into this, I can't, I can't show, can't show that kind of emotion. <laughs> um, and then, and then a couple of years ago, we watched this thing on Netflix. Um, this, uh, it's called, uh, I can't remember how it's pronounced, but it's like P I H U P U. It's um, a film about a uh, about a young, like a young girl, like a two year old girl she's alone in this flat with her mum, but her mum has taken an overdose and basically um, died in the bed. But obviously the little girl, she's going around the house like everything's normal. So you see her like, you know, she's, she's pulling out all these toys. She's pulling out tablets from, um, like from the cabinet. She's, um, she's put the iron on, but has like walked away from the iron. So it's like burning through. And um, like, you know, she's like, she makes a big puddle of water and the electric falls on it. And, I was literally freaking out. I, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and um, and um, she turned around to me, no lie. She said, what did you think of that film? And I said, why did you make me watch that? <laughs> <It's terrible." laughs> I, I, was, I was a wreck. I, I couldn't believe that. And, and you know like I say? If it was like a horror film, that'd be a bit different. I'd be like, yeah, the fear is different. But watching this I felt so much anxiety. I swear yeah. I must have aged ten years within that two hours. <laughs> yeah. It was god awful and um I tear- don't know how <laughs> Tear jerkers
1: Tear Jerkers get me. Uh like my missus is quite into those sort of films as well. Like we the first film we watched together was a uh, a street cat called Bob and uh we you know, that was very um very sad but happy in That's in, a in its own way. Yeah, but yeah, we in, I watched um I watched a a dog's purpose. Um oh, uh, and I, I've never cried so much in my entire life like <laughs> mean, literally I'm sobbing throughout the entire thing it's just not a joyful film it's just like <laughs> dogs dying over and over and over again and you're like why are you doing this to me <laughs> so I got to the point at the very end of the film I went over to my dog and I just gave him a massive hug and I was like oh please don't leave <laughs> me
2: <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's amazing ain't it you know, a group of like men in their certain age, um, we're like you know we could watch a horror film. It's like don't flinch. You see something like that, something that's a bit emotional. It's like are you crying. No,
1: leave me alone. Just, they, animals do that to you, man. But it's like if you if you have ever watched the Joe Rogan podcast and you watch the Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan one, um, where they're talking about their pets and they both break down into tears, man. It's just it's mad. I was sitting there in work listening to it and trying not to cry myself, and like somebody came up to me, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Oh yeah, just something in the eye." <laughs> <in the> eye. <laughs> uh, We've got a message on on Facebook. I actually, got a couple of messages um, last night. We were playing Among Us, and the the tag oh, line, right. the, the tagline was uh, "Ding Dong, the Trump is gone." Uh, and uh yeah, so I forgot to change the title and I had to just change it there, but we've got typical liberals saying <laughs> you're fired Trump, so yeah I think apologies they, it's the wrong thing but then Rick says <laughs> once you're at, uh, Rick Ward uh, on Facebook says if you're talking horror films, you need to talk about the uh, the criminally underrated event horizon, which is oh, oh, yes. so yeah. so underrated it is it yeah. super scary as well. Fantastic
4: design. Fantastic Mm -hmm. design.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. An amazing film. Uh, I had super, like, nightmares after that film for a very long time. (laughs) It
4: it was basically Hellraiser meets Solaris, to be fair. It was very derivative. But it was very well done.
0: Yes. Having Sam Neill with his eyes gouged out yeah. just appear was you, used.
1: he's just sort of holding them in his hand and stuff isn't he it's, yeah it's, yeah it's just it's all those it's all those flashbacks it was like flash <laughs> not flashbacks but those sort of like bits so yeah they
4: see the mm. sort of yeah i was speaking to emily booth uh go, go last year at uh sci-fi weekend during actually literally this time last year in uh, great yarmouth and they were saying that they filmed a lot of those torture scenes um, but all of the kind of main cast were banned. It was a closed set. But apparently some of the actors were trying to get on because, as they said, all oh, those guys were having loads of fun. They want to get in on the action. <laughs> and because like, they had like, like uh, adult performers and um, disabled people to kind of simulate the, the, the severing of limbs. And basically just make it that much more graphic and believable. And yeah, but but because of like the um, age ratings, I had to cut it right back down, just so it was like just single glimpses. But mm. there was a lot of material that was excised and stored, and then unfortunately, they finally found all the archive footage, but it had been corroded because it had been stored in a salt mine.
0: Oh no!
4: So wow. yeah, so there's been continuous talks about get, kind of getting a special edition or director's cut of Event Horizon released. But just with like the original core material has just been disintegrated to the point of being useless, and they can't do anything with it. Yeah. Which that's a shame as well, because Paul Anderson, the director, would be massively up for it.
2: Mm. I think this is, but we've seen it now with um, certain films where they do film. I know Event Horizons like twenty four years ago now, yeah. But we have seen where some films do get continuations. They do seem to get a. Uh, like a follow-up, or they get, um you know, added material seven years later. Um,
4: Star Wars, for example. You hope. Yes.
2: Star- how, how many different, how many Star Wars. different
4: versions? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. About- We're not going to get into this conversation. Uh,
2: no, but, no, but um, another example is um, Justice League. You know, they're filming new material for that as we speak, for their uh, Snyder Cut, which is, um, you know, yeah. an interesting prospect. Right? Yeah. It might still be bad. Who knows? Uh, f-
1: yeah, well, Yeah. I I'm. didn't hate Justice League. I just, you know, there was a lot of potential. It was that disappointing. Was yeah, it was disappointing, yeah. It, was it wasn't
2: well, bad. It wasn't bad by any means. It was just disappointing.
4: Yeah. I think there's, there's so much good stuff out there that just being good is no longer good off because there's so much excellent and quality material out there to enjoy.
3: Yeah, but it's just they,
4: they rushed, the DC just rushed
1: it. They should have just sort of kind of gone, look, we're not going to be able to catch up with Marvel at this moment in time. So let's just slowly bring our own out and then, you know, it will get there. So they should have done what Marvel did, but they didn't and they rushed it all. Mm. And you had some amazing characters who were just badly written and it's just, you know, and it showed, unfortunately.
2: But, but that's, a good point obviously so um, we're not going to mention any more about the galaxy far far away but um david are you into your superheroes Do
0: you i am enjoy... not i'm afraid oh no no, oh, no well. i'm not um i remember superman with dean kane and terry hatcher well wow. I mean, that's that's the yeah. superman that well, that's i enough know. to put you off i guess yeah i used to love that i used to really enjoy that no,
2: it was it was cheesy though it was cheesy
0: but then you know oh yeah of course it was the... cheesy but i was a teenager so it was okay it was, <laughs> it was on sort of at the same time. There was another series
1: called Due South. It was like, it was that and. Yeah. Due South yeah. and um, the. Was it Lewis and Clark? Was it called Lewis and Clark?
4: Adventures
1: of Lewis and Clark. Yeah, yeah Lewis and Clark. Yeah. And I, I, I. You know, that was a Saturday night for my family, you know, watching yeah. those. And, and
4: and for me,
0: the only Batman worth talking about is Michael Keaton. Well, he might be back. He might be. Oh, he oh, is really? back. Oh. Uh, he's he's going to be in the. Well.
1: I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, but he's gonna be in the um the Flash film, isn't he? Yes. Ah. As Batman. As Batman, yeah. As ba- oh, because, cool. it, because it's um it's Flashpoint, so it's basically different timelines. So he's gonna be ah. in it as as Michael Keaton, so well as as Batman, his Michael Keaton version of Batman. <laughs> so yeah. yeah.
4: I do hope they kinda of go for the full on Dark Knight Returns comic book style. Which is basically this aged Bruce Wayne kind of coming back into being the Batman again after like the 25 years, and he's just like there. He's all this crotchety, and he's just going. And so yeah, they could really do that with Michael Keaton, given his age.
0: Yeah, and and he'll just be rattling around Wayne Manor, saying, "I still don't know why I have tables this big in a dining room. I don't think I've been in this one either before."
2: (laughs) But then, okay, so you're not. Star Wars, you're not a um, superhero fan. David, if you were going to have a movie night, what would be, let's say three films, what would be the three films that would have to be on your must-watch list?
0: Ooh, crikey. Um Ooh. <laughs> chat amongst yourselves while i think about this one um,
1: <laughs> i'm i'm currently just
0: obsessed with what's underneath the blanket to your right there
3: <laughs> there's, there's, ah yes, yeah, this It's here i was um, like what, well, is what is it
0: what is it what is it well this this is this is my cupboard this is my wardrobe and this uh, is where i do my recording um, okay. so this is so there's <laughs> basically um like uh shirts and things under uh, here. Right, okay. <laughs> I thought That's it, all like, it is. I, I, I thought
1: it was hiding something.
0: It it's as if I, I I sort of intuited that this was going to be going out live on video because <laughs> I t- uh, usually I have a a big um shield here and a pop shield here but I thought no I'll I'll make it so that I can actually talk to people a little bit more directly. <laughs> um and oh, I'll put this on as well. So I think I probably <laughs> intuited that this was going out um, live so that you could actually see me. But yes, this is, this is my wardrobe. It's my recording booth. Um, I don't quite have anything quite as, uh, as fancy as Erica. But uh, yes, this is clothes. And there's a pillow up here. And, and in fact, when I, do my, when I do the no sleep live streams, this is called my magical tea window. Because I generally just reach up and get a cup of tea down, and and people are we are weirded out by the perspective, but uh, <laughs> it's currently um, water in a hobgoblin glass. So, uh... <laughs> so
2: it's not really a wardrobe; it's a TARDIS. That's what it is. Exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> and and I think Mr. Tumnus is waiting for me at the back there, so uh, I know what I'll be doing later. <laughs> um. So, uh, what would be my three films? Ah this is it's such a difficult question because I have A a good memory for endings and a bad memory for what comes in the middle of stuff. And B I will probably forget a whole load of films that I really, really enjoy. Um but uh yeah, if I one that springs to mind, which is gonna be a cheesy starter, just to just to get everyone in the mood. Sister Act.
1: Oh, that's a good film. I like Sister Act. <laughs>
0: It's, it's very catchy and it's got, it's, it's a really feel good film. It's got everything. Uh, it's got Whoopi Goldberg and singing nuns and everything. So yeah, that, that would be, that would be a good start. Um, hmm. I did like Interstellar. Yeah.
3: It's, okay. good, it's a good film. As a film,
0: um, especially for its, its large amount of science. I was going through it and I was thinking, okay, that that is actually Mm. much better science than most.
4: Have you ever watched uh, Red Planet? I have not. That is a film that claimed to be scientifically accurate, Mm. but in reality, laughable. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, NASA walked away from it. Oh, dear. Because you know, they, they the directors are making so many decisions, like, oh, we'll do this. And they're going, you can't do that. We need it for the film. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, when, but you yes. Have, when you have a
0: tension between uh, what is actually possible and what just looks good, then you know that in, a, in the film world, what looks good is going to win out. Uh, have you seen
4: Contact with Jodie Foster? No, Uh, that's Um, another one that I haven't got round to seeing. That is that had the that famous mathematician, um, Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Sagan. Carl Sagan. Sagan Sagan, 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 uh, involved, and Mm. it is actually very accurate because how you would communicate with another alien species is based on the fundamental principles Mm. of Mm -hmm. the universe, Mm -hmm. mathematics.
1: Yes exactly you, you have uh, a master's in astrophysics this is true yes uh, Yeah. so i'm assuming the, the 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 science behind things is really important to you it's like because i'm I, i've got a history degree so history's a massive thing for me are you mm-hmm. the sort of guy who watches something go that'll never happen there's no way that's
0: right i i i, I might have done on more than one occasion um <laughs> yes uh so it, it's so funny whenever anyone needs to say needs to show that they are sciencey <laughs> um, on a film or on a TV program, then you you see the the mass of formulae on a on a whiteboard or on a clear bit of perspex behind them, and I'm just looking at it, going, "Why have you written that up there? That that makes no sense. Why why have you written the the formula for the area of a circle, and then um, some Newtonian uh, or non-Newtonian fluid dynamic equations? That that why why oh it looks it looks oh." course you're a scientist you're a genius aren't you excellent um <laughs> are, you, are you talking about big bang theory by any chance? i have not seen big bang theory in fact <laughs> Actually, what, I, what what i recently re-watched was uh planet of the dead uh, right. david Tennant, to the, the david yeah. Tennant, but and there was lee evans cool. being what was his name harold Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm,
2: was yes. Malcolm.
0: <laughs> Malcolm, and um, yes, all of the scientific talk there and all of his equations on, on the wall. Oh, dear. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, dear. I heard something that there were quite a few science uh, science advisors for the big Bang theory so that all the equations that they do oh. write up are actually genuine. Um, well,
2: the actress I, that played um, Amy Farrah um Yeah, she, uh, what's
1: she's she got a doctorate, doesn't she? In, yeah, yeah uh, neuroscience. She she also played Blossom, which blew my mind. It <laughs> blew my mind, because I was like, I grew up
0: in Blossom, and I was like, holy shit, that's Blossom. It's fine having the equations there, but if they're if context, they, if they're not meant to, yeah, the, if the context yeah. isn't, then it's it's just window dressing. Yeah, that's very true. true. It's like having any books in a politician's uh zoom (laughs) video link now you know that they're just there to make them look more intelligent even (laughs) even though they're going to be talking out of their asshole but uh you know yeah sorry (laughs) no no i i have i have a
1: massive thing about about history (laughs) history programs and uh, history uh, films and stuff and uh, you know i understand there has to be a sort of you know, you have to tell a story and there's certain things you're not going to get, but when they completely bastardize history, it makes me, it gives me rage. <laughs> I'm
0: just like, what? Uh, Why?
4: Yeah. I, I, I come from a background in engineering. I worked in, engineer, in, in, in engineering 15 years. I've been writing about science and technology for five years with the BBC and Computer Weekly. And the number of times I've had my eyes covered and going, no, no, this is not happening. You do not do that. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> or or if, if you walk into a, a lab, then you've got to have some bubbling uh, flasks and things over a Bunsen burner. It's, it's just one of the things that, that is necessary to show that you are a scientist
1: it's like a, I thought that was a prerequisite. I thought when you when you, you sort of you know you did your masters that they sort of give you a Bunsen burner and a beaker and then went the blue liquid has to be yep. in this
0: at all times. And yes, has in to- fact, they they surgically stitch on the the leather patches on the elbows <laughs> as you can see. So um, yeah, and and they give you glasses even if you don't need them. So
1: yeah. and an infinite supply of dry ice for you know effects yes. and stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yes, it, it does, it is a bit of a bugbear. Oh, um, you know, oh you're a scientist, that's that must mean dot dot dot. It's like saying, oh, you've got a you've got a degree in history, uh, so you studied the I don't know, uh the interwar years, uh that must mean that you know everything about the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a degree in astrophysics, two degrees in astrophysics, if you if, But, you know, wh- so uh, why would I have a, a particular um, view on, I don't know, plant dynamics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. you're a scientist. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I've done voice um, acting for the last 15 years.
1: So what... What? what uh, yeah, that's the, that's the next question. So was... <laughs> astrophysics to well you see astrophysics to uh voice acting was astrophysics something that what you planned to do something with or was it something you enjoyed um and then you sort of fell into voice acting or uh was it sort of kind of the uh, vice versa uh
0: so i've always tried to keep a foot in both camps um my When I went to university, I started off doing maths. Uh, so my first two years were maths. And then I was finding that to be a little bit too... Um, it, I, I, it wasn't as practical as it could have been. Yeah. So the reason why I swapped to astrophysics as a third-year option was because, A, it was only available as a third-year <laughs> option, uh, and, B, it allowed me to... Um, to use the maths that I had been learning for the previous fifteen years or whatever, uh, in a, a practical form that actually made sense to me. So yes, I wasn't going to go on any amazing archaeology field trips or, or visits to any. No, I, my my field trip as a, an astrophysicist was to go to Ryman's to get some more pencils and some paper. Uh, but because uh, you know, much as I would have loved to have gone up and prodded another galaxy, it just doesn't happen. Or we don't. <laughs> We didn't quite have the funding back at the beginning of the noughties, but there we go. Um, so, yeah, I, it was, uh, I always loved space. I always loved the idea of time travel for obvious reasons. Um, space travel, time travel, uh, all of that. Um, and I did my, my third year at university. Then I went off to Jodrell Bank and did my oh. master's there. Yeah. Oh, I do like J- Jodrell Bank. Yes, the Pharos like, Project. Yeah. Um, Yes, so uh, did did my masters there. That was a really wonderful time. Uh, while I was there, uh, we oh no, it wasn't while I was there, but after after I left there, that's when we started the Jodcast, which is the the Jodrell Bank Astronomy Podcast. Ooh. Started on the first of January two thousand and six, and is still going. Holy oh wow, shit. wow,
1: mad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, that that was that was a lot of fun um that's going to be one of I'll... the first podcast podcasts, oh, what?
1: podcasts yes. haven't been yeah. going that
0: long you're going to be one of the you're going to be a forerunner right there <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a, it sort of makes me a, a pod grandfather or something yeah, like a that. I, the pod father yes yeah. <laughs> yes well, not quite a pod father it's it's uh it's gone too many generations now <laughs> 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 um so yeah, started started that in 2006. In the same year, I also started another astronomy podcast, but that only lasted a couple of years because it was at that point that I um, started working at the planetarium in Birmingham, which was kind of the, a good fusion of uh, astronomy and acting, showing off, basically. Yeah. Uh, I had done a lot of acting whilst I was at university, um, various things, including two weeks before my finals, I did the Late Show, which was at 11 o'clock at night for an hour. That was, I didn't tell my parents I was doing that two weeks before my finals for obvious reasons. Uh. Um, uh, Then I, yeah, so that then upon finishing at the planetarium, that's when I decided to go to drama school because why not? (laughs) Uh, Spent two years at drama school uh, and then decided I don't need to do a third year, and uh, yeah. So I I was looking around to to see what I should do. I was down in London. Uh, what should I do? Um, so I throughout that time I'd been doing tutoring to try and get some money to you know pay the rent, etc. Uh, and so I thought, well, okay, I if I'm going to be an actor, if I'm serious about being an actor, then I need to find Uh, a space to live in london i looked around and i found this really nice place um it was right at the top end of my budget but i thought no i can i could do it they had business grade broadband they had board games they had cats you know it's everything that i could i could possibly want Um, but uh oh no sorry i've got to take a take a couple of steps back so in this in that summer that summer i found a, there was a job advertisement saying, uh, come and be a presenter for our science shows, science and technology shows, which will be going around the country for uh, teenagers, whiz bang, all the, 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 amazing stuff. Come along and uh, come along and, and have a, a, you know, be one of our presenters. So I, I went for the audition. It was up in Manchester, uh, went for the audition and, um, they were they seemed to be impressed and i got an email saying uh, okay you're down to the last two but we'll let you know so okay okay so keep my fingers crossed and i waited and i waited and i was waiting so long that this is when i decided to start looking for places and i found this this wonderful wonderful place just as i was about to sign the paperwork to say yes okay you can do your background checks and everything on me i got an email back from that job saying uh okay uh you start next monday morning in bristol <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> bristol okay right fine uh so i then had to say no to the flat because obviously i can't hold down a flat at the top end of the budget and be in bristol and traveling around the country so said goodbye to that and then over the weekend That's when the big crash of 2008 happened. So I had uh, an email on the Monday morning saying, right, uh, unless you can find 250 grand in the next 48 hours, this tour isn't happening. Oh, wow. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And when I got back to uh, the flat... Uh, they had already let it out to someone else. No, No. So it's like, no, this wonderful job and this wonderful flat is all gone. It's all gone. No, (laughs) (laughs) can't. And uh, yeah, so I sort of left wondering what to do. And at this point, uh, an email dropped into my inbox saying, would you like to go to India for six months and perform Shakespeare? I thought, well, might as well give it a try, <laughs> uh, and it just so happened that the director was looking for a a man, which I happened to be, and b a cellist, which I also happened to be. So um, those two meant that it was the the audition was a little bit more of a formality, I think, than than possibly. But the long story short, two weeks later, I was in India, and I was there from the very end of september right the way through to the end of march and it was amazing
1: <laughs> you're like you're like a uh, a mixture of uh raj and um leonard from from, <laughs> from uh, big bang theory seriously man if you've never watched it you need to because it's just like i'm just sort of that's you <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> uh so, um, oh, there's two things I need to talk to you about. One's, and I, I believe they're going to sort of kind of go off in different directions, but, um... That's
0: fine, I'm used you, to that. You, know
1: what? <laughs> you, you you talked about sort of board games and stuff, so I'm a massive yes. board game sort of guy. What sort of board games are you into?
0: Ah... I, I will uh, do everything from Scrabble and Monopoly through to um, uh, one of my favourites has to be uh, House on Haunted Hill. All right. Betrayal oh, at House betrayal. on the Hill.
4: Yes, got yes. this.
0: That's a fantastic game. It is wonderful. I've I've got the expansion as well, but I haven't had a chance. Oh, the to... widow's Walk. Yeah, that is very well done. That expansion. Excellent. I look forward to playing it at some point. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. If you like
4: Betrayal, then you also probably like. um mansions of madness
0: i've seen that at HorrorCon when when we've been there with the no sleep podcast uh, mansions of madness has been uh, they've or there's been a company selling
4: a lot yeah. of those yeah yeah so, you get a chance to do it it's basically very similar. like you, know, you lay out the tiles and you explode and if you play call of food with a role-playing game it's basically a tabletop version of that okay right
0: yeah that sounds good um yeah they they I, I love betrayal for the Simply for the fact that you, it it is completely cooperative Branded. for that first bit, and you just don't know who the traitor's is going to be. Yeah, and I think that that's amazingly well <laughs> done. I love it <laughs> every time I played it.
1: <laughs> have you ever played a card game called The Resistance?
0: I ha, I think I have once and very briefly, but yes, yeah, I think so. Yes, it's a, it's a similar sort of sort of mechanic where that you you, you mm. all get
1: handed cards. Uh A couple of you are infiltrators who are, you know, infiltrating the government, and the other ones are government mm. forces. And you've got to sort of basically sabotage missions without getting caught. And it mm. causes so many fights. It's so. <laughs> I know some of my friends nearly got divorced over over it at no. one point in time. Like they were getting wow. so you were getting so annoyed with each other because they were like, oh. "You're lying to me." And the problem is because the game it, it changes, it randomizes every turn. It doesn't matter. No. So people still hold the grudge from the last turn. So they're all like, "You lied to me the last turn." I said, "Yeah, but it's a completely mm-hmm. different game." And it was just like my mate and his his wife his wife and I were like, "Yeah." They were just getting so annoyed with each other. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, second second thing then. Um, time travel. Oh, time, travel. time that's, travel. That's that's mm-hmm. a, that's 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 a wormhole that we we definitely want to go down. Okay, I have to uh, ask. Is
0: time travel possible? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you the, the standard answer. Yes and no. Um, it, in fact, it was when, you know, 20 years ago. I, I did do a little project on the various types of time travel and the various ways that people have tried to explain how everything works. From the, I mean, I don't suppose you remember um, Crime Traveller? Which was yes, um,
3: a face.
0: Yeah, it was it was him from EastEnders and What's her Face f- who was <laughs> um hmm? not <laughs> Roskens <was> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh and oh she played Kachansky in series seven and eight of oh, Red Dwarf. Um,
2: Chloe Annette.
0: Chloe, Chloe Annette. Annette, yes. It was it was her and so on. But they the, the way they did time travel was that whenever you do time travel... It's only a certain amount of time from backwards from the point when you travel, and it has to form a closed loop. And so you are already part of events uh, from the time that you decide to use the time machine. Okay, so there you go. So that's one of them. There's another one which which will be the, okay, time travel is essentially going back along the multiverse decision tree and then going along another branch. branch. Yeah. Uh, which again that that works that's fine um would that be time travel
1: though because you would be creating a, a or, alternative... or,
0: or are you creating the alternative dimension or are you merely um discovering it
1: yeah uh, see that's the,
0: the multiverse stuff i love it but it, it <laughs> boggles my mind <laughs> it's like, <"Whoa, laughs> what? it's the fact that there are infinite possibilities happening every infinitesimal part of a second so you're you're basically getting uncountable numbers of infinities. Uh, yes, every time <laughs> it's, 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 uh, cool, it, it's a lot. Where do you put them all? You you need some sort of infinitely multi-dimensional pocket to put them in. Uh, and I just happen to have one right here. <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> 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 uh you wondered what was underneath the blanket (laughs) (laughs) blanket. Uh, (laughs) i I saw a um
1: like i i i watched the documentary and maybe that's what you were you were talking about in the first instance where it's a closed loop but you can Mm -hmm. only time travel if you were to spin a black hole you could in theory time travel but you could only travel back to
0: the point where the the black hole spun okay so uh yes Time travel using black holes uh, is not advisable unless you are able to um, withstand quite a lot of gravitational force and quite a lot of radiation. You know, other than that, we're all good. Uh, So um, when a black hole is spinning, then technically, yes, it is possible to time travel. It is possible to get a wormhole as well. Time like so that your future is in is not any longer directed at a point in time, it is directed at a point in space, that being the center of the black hole. So essentially Ooh. you can move as you would normally in space in time, but space-wise you can only get
4: closer and closer and closer to the center of the black hole. Yeah, basically subjectively, your time as far as you're concerned does not change but from people that are outside the event horizon their perception of time will be different to yours well they wouldn't even be able to see you exactly yeah (laughs) yeah but they will they will experience time differently to you absolutely yes
0: yeah Yeah. so let us say that you have managed to uh (laughs) to avoid being crushed strung out spaghettified fried uh heated beyond all measure Um, and you are in your infinitesimally small spaceship because it needs to be infinitesimally small, uh, which is heading towards the singularity. And there is a thin, an infinitesimally thin ring around the singularity, which if you hit dead on, then you will be able to go through that wormhole and end up in the center of another black hole. That's how wormholes work. They will take you to the centre of another black hole. Did you ever watch the episode
4: of Red Dwarf where they had a black hole and a white hole? Yes, <laughs> yes. That I found was like, I mean, Red Dwarf had was was as you know, like a comedy purely, mm-hmm. but they did have some solid science concept buried as a foundation. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I I don't know that we have been able to prove that white holes exist.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I, purely a, a theoretical concept. It, it is.
0: Yes, it it is the if there is a black hole that is sucking everything in, then there must be a counterpoint. Yeah,
2: I still like the idea of future echoes. talking about mm. red dwarf stuff. I mean that I thought was always quite intriguing. I
3: mm. thought,
2: you know, the idea that you know you're seeing events before they happen, you're seeing things as they're coming along, and well, I think it's just a lot of red dwarf is like the idea of know yeah it's a fun little comedy it's a great british sitcom but at the same time it does pose some really good questions yeah
0: absolutely um yeah i what we call intuition is that just future echoes Mm. was i able to um use the the spike of adrenaline when i was told that this was going out live to send a message (laughs) back to myself (laughs) to get everything ready and put this tank top on Mm. i i don't know (laughs) Yeah. Or was it just intuition, John Joe? Uh, intuition. I, I say, no, say, this I'll, is just going
2: to be against me. Right.
4: I've spoken to Doug Naylor once for an article I was writing, and the, and he would that "Yeah, we do." He and Rob Grant, when they were when they were writing it together, were kind of um, well, they are into science, and we're kind of like, picking up on science um, developments and kind of entwining that into the show, and then kind of. Um, basically extrapolating the comedy from outside, like backwards. Mm-hmm. That was also another concept that they just had an absolute ball of playing with. Well, what would it be like living in a backwards reality where time goes backwards? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I still think one of the best things about Red Dwarf, and um, not a lot of people really mention it, is that, you know, you've got all the sci-fi stuff, you've got travelling through space, you've got time travel, you've got robots. Technically, even though you've got genetically engineered lifeforms, there Are no actual aliens no. in the show, mm, which is that was, the I one, think, yeah. that was a very intriguing Do, idea. Yeah,
4: <laughs> well, the wanted that, that was very much down to the fact they wanted the concept of uh, what like one guy, um, completely alone three million years in the future, humanity has died out, and there's no aliens. And they, they said from the start, no cute robots. No aliens, and they mm-hmm. kind of got round their whole no aliens aspect with gelfs, and mm-hmm. G- 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 life and the polymorphs, and and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but the kind of the foundation principle is like you no know, humanity's dead. All it is is Dave Lister stuck in a spaceship with a hologram of his best of his of his bunk mate, and a sanitation mechanoid with a, a sanitation chip, and the uh, like a, a creature that evolved from the ship's cat. No the humans, but it's just one guy stuck in a spaceship. <laughs> and
0: Nevada is ready to release its vote count holy oh. shit really uh, my god no no no, 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 no 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 three million years in the it's, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah okay that went that went
1: completely over my <laughs> head there i was just like holy oh, shit i've been waiting for that i know it's it's already I talking, know
4: it's... talking of time john have you watched primer yes well now as far as i'm concerned uh, that seems to be fairly realistic depiction of time travel mm-hmm. on the guys that i couldn't understand it on the first watch i had to watch it about three times just <laughs> to get my head around it so as far as i'm concerned yep yeah, that's fairly realistic what was uh, your take i have to say that i i saw someone i
0: think it might have been xkcd had done yeah. uh a, a, looking at how time to travel works in various films like with back to the future which which would be a trilogy that would probably be on my my to watch list uh, for that, I, I know it's three films, but you know um, how how Back to the Future works. Uh, another one and Primer, and and it, and it was essentially just a whole load of scribbles. <laughs>
3: yes. So
0: um, I thought, oh, what is this Primer? And I I sort of looked it up, and I saw a Primer for Primer, um, and <laughs> yeah. had a, a quick little little read of that, and then and then went and, and watched it. And as you say, it, it was it seemed to be fairly consistent. Uh, I'm yeah. going back a bit, so it's, it's it, uh, you should have um, let me know, like the Rotten Tomatoes, no, the Fresh Tomatoes podcast that I was on a couple of weeks ago, they had me watch a couple of films in in preparation, for. so, so I should have watched Primer before this, <laughs> and, and basically the back catalogue of everything. We do
1: preparation, we just <laughs> tell you five <laughs> seconds before you're going to go on that you're going to be live, and go!
0: <laughs> Which is fair enough, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
4: Genre. It's not the, it's not, it's not the um, easiest film to follow because, like, because it's like a lot of um uh, exchange between the developers because mm-hmm. and they kind of wanted to recreate that kind of intense brainstorming experience mm-hmm. by people bouncing ideas off each you other, know, finishing each other's sentences,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: just like really kind of working on the fly rather than taking the typical cinematic approach of, mm-hmm. okay, let's explain everything and like like, you know, do info dumps, which are not needed to, but it's needed for the audience. And he just, yeah. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yes, I, I think that's I, coming on to, to horror films then just for a moment. One of the things I noticed about the Japanese version of The Ring and the American version of The Ring was the Japanese didn't explain anything. The Americans did. Yeah. And <laughs> they built that coherent story so that everyone could follow it. Uh, and I think that, that sort of showed the difference for, for yeah. the cinematic um, yeah. outlook on things,
4: yeah, the Japanese uh, trilogy did try to explain Sadako mm. it, um, into the sequel, especially in Ring Two, mm. and the, and the her prequel story in Ring Zero, but they never kind of really dug down. Part and the reason why Ringu works so well is that unknown—you just have mm. no clue why mm. it's happening. Over than this pattern keeps repeating for mm-hmm. no reason that you can
0: ascertain and and given and you've just mentioned ring zero which puts me in mind of cube yes cube, cube two and cube zero those Ooh. are those are really good films
1: i am not cube su- the one where they uh they have to escape from the rooms is that the one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they're entirely they're,
0: entire, they're oh, perfectly cubic rooms yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and
4: the death traps yes, etc yeah. yes yeah 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 I've not seen Cube Two or Cube Zero. I've heard very mixed reviews about them, which has kind of put me off. Would you mm. recommend them? Uh,
0: I would certainly recommend Cube Zero. Okay. I think that was that was better than Cube Two. Cube yeah. Two was was essentially Cube, but they brought in the extra dimension of the hypercube. Yeah. Uh, with uh, going forward in time, so there is one scene where two of them age to death because they've go- they've gone into the time room
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> in vertical, um, yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna say in terms of like time traveling films one of the latest examples um don't know if you've seen it yet david uh tenets the new christopher nolan movie uh,
0: i have not seen that yet no now,
2: this is a very intriguing idea it's about time travel in a way that almost like it's reverse engineering the product or the person so oh. they are running in reverse so instead of obviously shooting the bullet from the gun the the bullet is shooting sort of like from the wall into the gun. Ah. And then it's like, you know, but that can still have an impact on what's going forward. Um, and then obviously if you've got someone, say like jumping out of a plane, if they're inversing it, they're jumping into the plane. But in their perspective, they are still jumping out of the plane. It's just how it looks to the other person. And it's, okay. it's weird. It's, a it's very red dwarf weird. backwards,
4: isn't it? Not <laughs> is, no. no. Yes. I want to see.
2: <laughs> that was what I said when I came out. Of it. I said, this is basically red dwarf. In Christopher Nolan movie, um, but it's it's worth a watch, and I'd like I like it if you did see it, and I'd like to see what mm. you would think on the whole aspect of the because it's it's not so much time travel; it's it's like it's like t- taking something and making it travel backwards in time mm. on its own accord, mm-hmm. almost, and it's it's weird, but it's 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 intriguing, and it's such a such a good watch. It's one of these films that I think you have to see it, and I watched it twice, and I was like. I kind of understand it a little bit more now, but I'm still just as confused. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> one of these, it's one of these concepts that just it's 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 intriguing. It's it's really fun, but it's like but I think it's because it's he Christopher Nolan, I think, tries to put something in that's uh, almost a little bit believable. when as much as you think ah, it, this couldn't happen, you almost think, <laughs> what if what if you hmm. could? What if you could fire a gun and the bullet goes into the gun and
0: Stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah ta- have you played the Have you played the game? um Oh, what's it called? Oh no, never mind. It's it's gone from my head. Sorry. Time splitters. Uh, no, no. It's <laughs> it's a it's a platform game, but you're playing this chili that's running around. uh But you have to. You can reverse jump time. on the right. You mm-hmm. can reverse time and stuff within the game. No, you you start off at the end, and you are doing it backwards. Ah. But you are recreating the um, the conditions that n- were needed to be able to get to that yeah. stage. So if you if yeah. you miss jumping on an enemy that you would have had to jump on, then that causes a, a yeah. It's never mind, Matt.
2: I stopped I, you. I, I, I think I've seen, you. <laughs> I see something similar. I think I have seen a game that's similar to that. Um, there is one that kind of like you play as one character i can't remember what it's called but it's one game you play as a character throughout and basically your action so if say you saved one character then that character would come and help your second player like your second oh, okay. character would yeah. come along mm-hmm. and then say like i don't know if you accidentally killed the wrong person then when it comes to that point you're then surrounded by enemies instead of actually being supported and it's i can't for life me think what it is now it's really annoying <laughs> but that was one of them pc games i was like this was actually really good.
1: It's, it's, it's sort of time thing. It sort of reminded me of, uh, you'll, I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. Um, it's called Legends of Tomorrow. It's a very cheesy um, DC series <laughs> that's on right. that's on Sky. Uh, it's basically all, all the superheroes who couldn't make it into their own sort of kind of franchises sort of kind of stuck together. So you got like the Atom <laughs> and um, uh what's her name, White Canary, and I can't remember who else is in it. Basically, uh, all the
2: D-list superheroes that they just like, they they the main ones.
1: They don't only just kill history, but they kill time travel as well, because it's just like, you know, there's no consequences whatsoever. They're going around <laughs> and messing with time, <laughs> and like, you know, just like, there's no consequence to it whatsoever. They, they're
4: they're just shooting very loose with, with time travel and history. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we talk about time travel, Travel. Have you watched the Bill and Ted films, the trilogy?
0: A long time ago. all oh, right a Long, long time ago in this in this galaxy. Yeah. So um mm. yeah, it's been a while. The newest one's it, okay.
1: It's it's neither it's neither bogus, but it's neither uh not, oh, it's, not it's, trium- it's
4: not triumphant either, unfortunately. Oh. It's good, but it's it's moments of brilliance, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. But worth a watch, because the moments of brilliance, but otherwise, yeah, it's hit and
1: miss it's just weird okay. saying think-
4: it's re- it's weird seeing keanu reeves without a beard it's just like you
1: you're, you're john wick you're you are now forever john wick and you should never be anybody of <laughs> our john
0: wick uh, just... uh, to me he's constantine uh, or... what did you think of constantine no. oh i i liked it i liked it as well i pretty good i liked it i liked it, too. Pardon? I, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed well, it, toyed it
2: me and pete we we um, I, I mean, I'm sure you did read the Hellblazer
0: comics from back then, and I 90s. I loved
4: Hellblazer. Yeah. That was one of my favourite uh, series. In- my, it was the Beano. <laughs> I that's what I that's what I read in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. I read the Beano. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, I think uh, with Constantine film, it's like Eva. If you read the Hellblazer comics, mm-hmm. and then you saw the film, you would be like me and John Joe. It's say, nope nope that this is, is not, that, that is, is not a constantly. fun supernatural thriller but it okay. is not a it's not hellblazer it is not john constantine mm. But for anyone else who's watching it, yeah it's a fun supernatural thriller for me though if you watch the constantine tv series right. that is a much better uh recreation adaptation of the hellblazer comic because much uh, more okay. in keeping with the character right okay, and okay. both looked like him and sounded a lot like him Ah, Matt, yeah, because Matt Ryan was really good as good John Constantine. Yeah, well, there's a cancer of as well, so as yeah. for
2: the one. Yeah, um, actually, one last thing on the um, time travel TV series. There was a show which, um, but it, it's a, it's a little bit of, um, little bit of silly fluff, really, when you think about it. But there was a show about twelve, thirteen years ago called Journeyman, which was about a guy who just somehow randomly just goes back in time. He tries mm. helping out people with certain events and then he goes back to the future and sometimes things have gone ab- quite well so he saved the person so then they're now interacting with his life or they have consequences that affect his family and um, it's... i just try to think. It's The best way to describe it, it's like Quantum Leap but he goes back home at the end of every episode so mm. it's not its not like he's then forever travelling through time but Definitely. it was one of them shows that it had such a good... I, I liked it. I think it had such a good premise because it was the idea that this guy... Throughout this time, you find out that he's a uh, he's former fiance who we thought died in the plane crash. She actually is a time traveler herself, but she's from like sixty years in the past. So whenever she does a jump, she's jumping to the future. But when he was jumping, he was going to the past. And they interact with each other. They're obviously trying to almost build like their, their 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 relationship together almost. But then he goes back to his family. Um, he time travels once when he's with his son. So his son goes missing for an episode, and then. When he comes back, he's like, oh shit, what's happened? And he goes, you left a child, how could you? And, and, but it's it, if you've not seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's only mm. 13 episodes, so it's a very criminally underrated show. And there's even an, a little bit at the end of the last episode, which they kind of try to explain what's happening. They try to kind of give an idea as to why the time is happening. And mm. it's one of the things that I kind of, when it finished, I was like, this is it this how how can they really finish it like this it's one of them it's not a it's not one of shows that leaves it on a very obvious cliffhanger ending or anything like that it's given a nice enough ending but it was it was one of shows that i think time travel was kind of like the not not even like the second part of it it was like it was like the third part it was like you know it was like the family emotional stuff it's the um the conflicts and the relationships and it was like so it's a series about time time travel
1: that doesn't really do time travel
2: he does do try. well it's because he, <laughs> he gets a headache this is the thing he gets a headache and there's the first episode he's sitting in a taxi and he's like this and all of a sudden he opens his eyes and he thinks hang on where am i and the guy goes dude how did you get in my taxi what are you on the <laughs> back yeah and he doesn't realize for, for a little while he's gone back 10 years he's, yeah. and he's like walking around he's like hang on so it's kind and of like called the leap then." Yeah? Quantum
1: yeah. Leap, amazing! Quantum Leap was such a good series. I loved Quantum Leap. I grew up on that stuff. I just loved it nah. so much.
3: <laughs>
4: really, Pete? Come on, man! Jeez. Um, the Nam, the Nam episode repetitive. is repetitive. It was very well acted, um, but it was very repetitive. They didn't try to kind of shake up the formula in any way, shape, or form. It was just go back in time, right or wrong, yay, all sorted move on and they didn't try to kind of develop the idea of like explore it do more with it i mean personally my i think ever seen source code uh yes Yes. that that is a very good film very similar to Mm -hmm. um quantum leap Mm -hmm. but i thought they did they managed that much better they kind of really explored it basically it's what happened if if the military industrial complex gets hold of quantum leap technology Uh, and yeah, but I loved that. I Me, mean, really, I thought I loved. It. I was really on board with it. But Quantum Leap, there's too much of it. It was. I think it'd be better if it was like, as a mini series. But with just with every episode being the same, I just kind of got oh, it, bored. It
2: was, it, it was, I it, think Quantum Leap had one of the most dis well. I think it's a disappointing ending because oh, you think sad. after years it you the Yeah, it's a sad one, but it's literally it just it's just a little message. Just goes, um Doctor Samuel Beckett never got that's home. That's because they got
1: cancelled. Because like, they got cancelled, mm. they couldn't yeah, finish it. But
2: they could have at least just wrote. You know, they could have changed the the script to go, Doctor Beckett finally got home." The end. No, because but you, what, you know, know it's
1: just you know, I I thought
2: it was a good end. That last or episode, you, I thought that last. Hope- episode. Matt Geary, are you hoping that they will do a revival? Oh, there's, talks, there's talks
4: about Quantum Leap films and all there's, kinds of stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, there's all kinds yeah of- that was source code, dude. That was source code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just,
1: it, you know, it's, I suppose it's just one of those things I grew up on, and I just, you know, I loved it. It just really, you know, I just, and it didn't bother me that it was the same sort of kind of formula each time, you know. Yeah. Best episodes were the ones where he's in Vietnam trying to save his brother, um or the one where uh, um he meets an angel uh and uh that that one was really good um there's loads there's the one where he meets donald trump in, in an episode in the same episode and stuff there's a little kid in the, wow. in the tower uh, he, meets, he meets the little little boy donald trump which is uh Mildly amusing, Ooh, but, uh, dear. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he could have averted everything. He could have. He could have. Oh, damn <laughs> you. You
1: didn't write that wrong, Samuel Beckett. <laughs> uh, where was Ziggy <laughs> then? Doing his calculations. Yeah. It's like, if you kill this child now, do a twofer, because you just saved that person's life. You're now, you know, and then you got this little boy <laughs> If you were just to throw them underneath the, uh, not even underneath the proverbial bus. Actually, if you were to throw them under the actual bus, then I would sort of see it. No. <laughs> so, so uh, just
0: moving on um, to, uh, to uh, what um, John Joe was talking about with with journeyman and everything, it puts me in mind of a game which you may well have played, Crononauts. Yes. Yeah, I've heard
2: of it. Oh, yeah. yes
0: chrononauts with the your parents never met card and things like that <laughs> oh that is it's that is a wonderful game it's so easy to so easy to explain uh but there's so many ways to try and trip your opponents up it's it's a wonderful game
4: there's a game by chloe mascheter called <laughs> time heist where basically you're stealing the world's first time machine with help from your future selves and that just sounds fantastic. I'm I'm going to buy it. Yes, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's just the concept of it is just yeah, okay. Where do where do I sign up? <laughs> um so
1: we'll we we'll move on from time travel.
4: Um, oh.
1: so <laughs> will, will we will we <laughs> will we? Well, I don't know my or
0: get into or
3: will we come back around to it <laughs> uh, it's already
2: part
0: of uh, part of historical events it is yes, yes. so but it's it's, uh, it's the
3: good uh, thing
1: uh, is it's because it's going to start to- getting into <laughs> questions like so can you you know if you find out about something that happens in the future it will not happen because, oh, does that mean that, does that mean if you find out about something in the future, does that mean that your 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 path is then set? You, there's no way for you to stop getting to that point? And, stuff and, because... and
4: how do you kind of define it in language, like something that has already happened to you but will be happening to you again in the future?
2: Mm. Mm. I always think with time travel, if you did do something, um, I don't know, say like if someone did manage to get the power of time travel, how would you know that events have been changed unless you were actually part of that traveling group or
0: exactly yeah, you, you wouldn't would know
2: because um it's if, like- if you were outside like
0: the, the time travel bubble, if you like, then you yeah. wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, what's it like? The um the well they call it the Mandala effect, Mandela effect. So um it's like like, you know, there's certain events people go, um one of my favorite ones is the film uh, Kazam. Some people think there was a spiritual sequel called Shazam, which starred um, Simbad. It's like, no, there was never such a film. But some people are adamant that they saw this movie in the late nineties. It's like, mm-hmm, no, phenomenal. that never, that never happened. Or um, Berenstein Bears. I always called it Berenstein, but apparently it's Berenstein. I was like, no, Berenstain Bears.
1: It's just a common day. We're going to get. We're just going to go back in the time travel now, we talking. I watched uh, another film, another, um, another Tom Cruise film. Um, because my girlfriend, I've oh, seen it. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow.
0: You
4: that know, is good, actually. Yeah. Where, have you
0: have you see, have you seen it, Dave? I I have not. No. So it's um, basically
1: the, the it's basically World I War so. II, futuristic World War Two with time travel. So it's um, aliens have landed in Central Europe, have started taking over Europe, starting off in Germany and moving to the to the French coast where the Allies. Um, are planning an invasion, and they've got these super sort of mechanoid suits they can use to make them super soldiers. Um, the, the 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 sort of glitch in the whole thing is that Tom Cruise's character starts off as this bumbling PR guy. He has no sort of um, you know he, he's not a, he's not a military man. He's just been behind the scenes. He gets thrown into combat. He get he basically shoots this thing, this sort of alpha they call it. He gets the blood drains onto him, and then he wakes up. So it's like uh, Groundhog Day. So every time he dies, he goes back to the same point in within... Uh, he wakes up in the boot camp. And each time he does that, he tries to make things better um, so he can sort of basically, well, win the war, effectively. A um, sort of butterfly effect. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. But it's like the thing I got, in. so there's a point in it where... Uh, what's the name of the, the, um, the English actress who's in it? Uh, Emily Blunt? Yeah, Emily Blunt, yeah. She... She used to do, she was able to time travel at one point in time, but lost it. And he talks to her. And then she's like, right. So you need to come and find me. Um, and every time he, so she trains him and every time he fucks up, she kills it. She kills him. And then my mind was kind of going. Right, so he dies and he goes back, he flips back to the beginning, but does that timeline carry on? So she's got to a point where she's killed him, and that timeline carries on with her having just killed some random guy each time? Do these timelines sort of f- fly off, or does it cease to exist and then it's, it it's, more like it's branching It's, now, a it's branching question. timelines
4: basically bunch of timelines and like for each kind of each loop you came back a new kind of timeline or dimension was created uh, which kind of that event plays out dies right back he goes again and so yeah basically there's
1: going to be a there's going to be a time where there's going to be because she kills him in so many see the kills him hundreds of times so there's basically hundreds of times where she's killed this guy and carried on you know having murdered somebody
2: there's there's technically a there's a doctor who episode from um peter cabaldi's uh Last series. No, mm-hmm. no, not last series from series nine, where he's basically in this uh this castle
3: yes, on Gallagher. And, and
2: he's um for billions and billions of years, he's literally trying to fight his way through this wall. He gets to this wall when he's literally trying to punch it, trying to break his way through, and this this creature basically kills him.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: you find out that over the episode, um the doctor's been going around this class so he thinks, hang on, why are all these bones here? Why are all these skulls in this water? It's like, well, it's him. He's actually been killed every single time. Yeah. But then his essence is being then brought back to... Yeah. Pretty why much why re- have the stars moved?
0: Like, why have the stars moved just yeah. a little bit? And, and it yeah. looks like what it should be, but 40,000 years in the future, 100,000 years in the future, 150. So yes, his... But I suppose for that one, his, if you were to follow his timeline... It would be a lot, of, um, a lot of, it wouldn't even be going round and around and around because he is creating a new version of himself yeah. each time by being able to go back and, and redo the teleport. Um, yeah, so when it comes to The Edge of Tomorrow, where Tom Cruise will be, it really depends whose timeline you are following that's that's the crucial thing because if you're following tom cruise's timeline which the film evidently does then yes he will go there and loop back on himself to the same point and be creating a a little knot of himself's in Mm -hmm. within some sort of uh, how they get around space etc is is anybody's guess um but that that's how you'd be doing it you'd be you'd be looping it around in in that one day week i don't know how long it is but um uh if you're looking at it from emily blunt's point of view she there will be one of her or one alternative one alternative of her for every time tom cruise comes along it it'll be this decision tree this is the multiverse going back to the going back to that branch and then taking a new a new branch each time this is where the multiverse theory is is very helpful that's just to be bad. Able that that,
1: to. that sort of but the thing is that sort of like you know as a human being he's trying to you know you're trying to you conceptualize this mm. it's like you know, she's just, you know, if you carry on with her timeline, she's ooh. just killed him and then yes. everybody else, he, you know, he's dead and he's, he carries on doing his thing. But she's just killed a guy and everybody's yep. looking at her going, what the fuck did you just do? Ooh, and ooh. then she's <laughs> like, he's she has to carry on her life as somebody who just murdered somebody because she yeah. thinks, you know, you know, I have just, I'm saving the world here, but she mm. won't have, she won't save that timeline. Nope. No. So nope. she basically nope. hasn't, and she'll be going, but I'm going to save the world! And she'll be like, 20 years down the line, she's been in insane asylum, and she'll be like, you know,
0: but I'm going to save the world!
1: And it's just
2: like, really? Are you oh. Emily Blunt?
1: So, Are you going to save the world?
2: So, talking about saving the world, there is one other one that um, springs to mind, and that is Heroes. In season two, you've got Peter Petrelli, who he goes into this uh, post apocalyptic future where there's this horrible virus which has killed off 80% of the population, He's there with his new love interest, who um, he accidentally leaves in the future. He goes back to the present day. And obviously that future never comes to pass. So this this girl who's gone on this trip with him has now just been, just been wiped out of history. And then in the, um, I, I know quite a few people hate this as much as I do, in the Heroes Reborn uh, miniseries, which uh, at the end of that, the villain of the series, um, basically the same thing happens to her. She's left to a future which will never happen. She's sealed off, and then obviously time carries on basically without her. And it's because uh, the massive event that destroys the world never happens. And it's it's an intriguing way of thinking this is a way of getting rid of characters. This is where way of getting rid of certain people because you're not, um, you're not thinking like, oh, you know, bring them to the present day. We deal with them that way. It's like, no. We soon them off in the alternative future that they will never come back from. That's it. It's a. It's and and this is
0: this is why we all have to find the person that is going back to 2015 to save everything, so that we don't get stuck in this future.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> blows, it blows my mind man it's like it's like that and sort of like have you ever have you seen a series called *Altered carbon on netflix at all oh yes, yes that's good no, yeah yes. it's yes. that we, we we've talked about this we might, we might as well talk about it now as well but um you know it's that whole thing about creating um you know being able to input your consciousness into another body and is mm. if you do that is that actually you or is that a copy of you you just mm. think it's you and it, it's like that whole thing just melts my head because I'm just like is it
0: me or is it just somebody who thinks it's me and then he's just going to carry on did i die and then it's well yes because if you've got your teleporter uh, uh then we don't have a way of sending matter that fast just information and so yeah. if you have uh if if you have teleported then what you have done is every single atom every electron within that atom its spin its position, etc., has been uh, noted. And of course, that Heisenberg uncertainty principle accepted. Um, everything has been mapped and the information sent to be recreated on, uh, in, in that, uh, on that other teleporter pad. What happens with the one that is left there? What has happened with the original? It has to go. It's as simple as that. Otherwise you're creating a copy and you're leaving the original and that's, that's photocopying. It's not, it's not teleportation, but whatever happens, if you do, if you're using a teleporter, yes, the original of what is you must die so it's it is
1: literally you, you, it isn't you then it's it, it is isn't like, you. It, it is just a copy of you it
0: depends, it depends but, but then, on how you define mm, you exactly because if if you mm. have, have you ever read or i think it it did get turned into a series um oh what was it uh the one dave wong oh i can't think of it but in there he says okay i've got a hammer uh then the um the, the 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 shaft of the hammer breaks so i replace that and then the top of the hammer gets useless so i replace that is it still my hammer it's right that, it's that that question it yeah. yes it's still mine I, i've still been using it but everything within it has been replaced yeah.
1: it's like I the only fills with horses sketch are talking about yeah yeah
2: Has had 17 new heads and 14 new angles. Now is it the same room? There's a photo of it here. Oh, God. Yeah, we're just (laughs) like, it's a This book contains
0: spiders, I think, is something approximating to the name. But uh, yeah, seriously, don't open it. (laughs) Um, It's very good. It's a really, really good book.
2: (laughs) I I would ask because obviously, um, David, we've learned that you obviously know a lot um, on your astrophysics. You know, we talked about like black holes, time trap, all this stuff. Um, when you get your scripts for your audio work,
3: <laughs> is there any?
2: Has there ever been any sci-fi stuff you've got, and you've kind of gone, nah, that's Have you then just bit your tongue and just thought, well, well, you know, it's science fiction. Let's go there. Or have you gone, um, actually, mm. if you change this bit, put this bit.
0: <laughs> there is a lot in science fiction where. One can nod it through and say, "Yes, okay, it, it's fiction. That's fine. know, it's it's a story. I don't mind if such and such a thing happens." But I just don't
2: to pursue any acting gigs now. <laughs> <laughs> this is very close. Oh, we don't like our stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like like such things as as anti gravity, for instance. Yeah. Uh, it's I know, I know, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but how are we meant to walk around our spaceships in the future?
4: rotating fields
0: yes yes you use centrifugal Mm -hmm. force rather than gravity there we go um expanse would did that really really well yes yes they did um so yeah there are some things where you know it's okay it's an accepted trope in science fiction i can let that go i'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty but if if someone says oh, look over there at that gas giant. Let's land on the surface. I, I may well say... Um... <laughs> oh, sorry. That,
3: <laughs> that's
4: kind of Kind of That's like claws going down a uh, mm-hmm. chalkboard for mm-hmm. me. The yeah, exactly. Yes,
0: yes. Um, th- so there, there are times where I have said... You know that that wouldn't actually happen, even in the accepted fiction of sci-fi. Uh, so, I, there, yes, there have been times where I have occasionally sent an email back and said, "Can I offer you some some little hints here?" <laughs> um, but if they say, "No, this is what I want," then you no, know, you, you grit your teeth and and. Or you don't even agree. You, you just do it because that is that is the job of an actor. You you are given the words on a page. You yeah. you do the words on the page. You know, I I have never murdered anyone. Not that anyone's found the bodies. What's
3: in the box? What's under the blanket?
0: Um, and yet I can play a murderer. I've played the devil. I've played God. I've played various things which I I I can't explain the science behind. And I, I have never gone through that particular um feeling of being that person slash deity slash whatever um but you just do it that is the job of an actor
3: all
1: right yeah uh, so there's not there wouldn't be a lie there'd be no line. it would just be like you know it's just <laughs> acting is are there things that you probably would never do uh
0: as a voice actor i've done some pretty weird stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there there has been some, um, talk about like no sleep stuff. There's been some hmm. great monologue stories that you've done. Um, one of them that I still think was quite intriguing was the, um, your character was in a dream um, and it was this like apocalyptic vision of the future. And he's talking about, I think like becomes a tree or something. He's having hooks dug into the trees being chopped up and oh, there's blood yes. coming out of the tree. Yes. That, that freaks me out, that one. That was,
3: <laughs> and it was
2: just that, that last stinger when you went, um, you know, this is this is our future. This is what is to come. And it was like, wow, okay. All of a sudden, it's just like, that's freaked me out even further. <laughs> but, um, uh,
0: there, there was one, talking of, of monologues on no sleep, that, that spring to mind. There was one called Transformation Tuesday, uh, which was uh, about a guy bringing a guy back home. Um, and then tying him up and, uh, basically d- delivering this entire monologue about the world and then saying, okay, right. I'm going to, I'm going to kill you now. Um, which is great fun. You know, as you do, it's something <laughs> to do on a Saturday night. Um, and yeah, so I, I have done some crazy things as a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had sex with a woman two weeks apart and 6,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> which has to be a record. Um, I, As I said, I, I, I've been the devil, so I've caused the end of the world, blah, blah, oh, blah. The,
2: the devil one, was that the one? No, there was... Um, oh, there, there have been, multi- I've been multiple incarnations it, of the devil. I, 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 yeah, I'll just try to remember one of them that I remember quite vividly was the, um, the one where you said that um, you give someone a phone call because um, there's a guy who has been yearning to speak to his, his former love. It's Geldon's oh, just about his yes, life. And then yes. there's the one when you go, well, there is a price to pay
3: if you <laughs> the would call want the
2: call. And And um, Yeah, but it was, it was one of the things that I, I kind of see where it was going to lead to. I could see how the story was definitely going to come to its conclusion. But it was the idea that, obviously, you, you as the devil, you're making it sound so attractive so as obviously a devil would when he's trying to get someone sold mm-hmm. but it's the idea that you're going going look what's it what's it gonna worry you if if it doesn't work you haven't lost a thing you know if, um if you honestly don't think this is gonna do anything then what's it gonna hurt for me to to just say yes i can set this up for you mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the things that i think especially with your delivery you do mm-hmm. make it you do make it sound so like invited and you go uh I, I can't say no to this guy. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I
1: need to. I need to hear the devil voice now. What's the devil voice? <laughs> give, give us, give us a devil line.
0: Oh, um. <clears throat> well, mostly, really, what the devil is is just someone who is very suave and is very self confident. And John Joe, if ever you invite me onto a podcast again. <laughs> And don't tell me it's going out live. <laughs> well, I'm going to be paying oh. a visit to you. <laughs> <laughs> and won't that be lovely.
2: Oh. Well, well, I... I not I'll be shitting myself. Um. <laughs> uh,
0: just
1: just uh, on a completely random note, right? We do uh, Dungeons & Dragons every Thursday night. And oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I... Um, I have got myself into this rut of doing the same sort of, you know, yokel sort of uh, English, you know, sort of kind of (laughs) accent for for every single (laughs) peasant there is. I try to sort of throw in different things. How do how do I, how do I create different sort of accents for people and stuff? How do I sort of get past
3: this?
1: Like I can do, like I've got sort of like, a i've got a sort of older man for like mm-hmm. um one of the deities and then i've got you know somebody if he's been a bit sort of you know underhanded something similar to your devil voice but mm-hmm. i keep on every time i'm trying to think of a voice i automatically go on oh no, mr frodo mr frodo <laughs> <laughs> and i can't help it it was like the last episode we were doing i was trying to i was trying to do another accent and it just kept on popping into oh mr frodo don't do that i was like i can't do it i feel like you should just do that sounds like a completely
2: different story altogether (laughs) oh mr Frodo, don't do that (laughs) but
1: yeah you know is there
0: is there a way that you sort of work out your accents or right um so yeah, a lot. Of, uh, Erica is very much the person to speak to on this one. I know that she took you through, um, you know, the old person with the crack in the voice and everything like that. So uh, I will leave that with her. One thing that you might want to try, uh, like Erica, just with the physicality, trying a different one. Uh, but one thing you might want to try is just altering the way your mouth works. Uh, so. Whenever, for example, I'm doing Winston Churchill, I am basically doing the same voice as normal, but I have my tongue fixed to the top left of my mouth. And so with that, we can fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them in the towns or landing grounds. We shall never surrender. Oh. So that's just, that's just a, a different position of the tongue.
1: Right. Okay, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna try this now. Oh, uh, well, this to... is gonna be fun.
0: All oh, right. Okay.
1: Um. Uh. Uh. Oh God, I can't even think of a line now. What am I gonna say? Um.
2: What, quote, quote something from um from your from the last film you watched. Uh.
1: Oh God, man, I can't be put on the spot. I'm <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I'll yeah I, i'm just not good at ad-libbing this is really bad considering i run a D game it's just like, I mean, just trying to lib and i have to do ad-libbing all the time and when you put me on the spot i'm just like i don't i don't know what you're talking about oh that's me that's a different voice with my tongue on my cheek holy shit <laughs> I, to, yeah, there you
4: go. Yeah. I mean i played the character Drakken, who is this kind of uh uh, half man half dragon barbarian mm. But I'm playing with this Russian accent Because I wanted something like a very powerful accent mm. And my Trouble is like I start off going Well And taking very slowly And drawing out the words mm. And well we will have Words to say Mm. but the problem is I keep dropping out the accent off him. Yeah, I, I didn't realise
1: it was Russian, to be honest, man. But that being and said, then... I, was, I was like... I, 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 I completely didn't buy into the Russian side of things. That being said, Gailus was meant to be sort of, sort of Eastern, you know, Russian, Eastern European and stuff. If I put thought into it, it's not as bad, but if I have to sort of put a random person there it's yeah. automatic oh mr frodo oh you, well, you can't go there it's not good for you and it's just like uh so i'm gonna try that i'll try the, the different mouth thing then yeah so that that that's,
0: that's a, it's a different type of physicality but it just it it might be something that, that helps all right okay
1: yeah I'll, I'll give that a world thursday oh nice <laughs> <laughs> um with the no sleep podcast um yes. are is there any sort of particular because we asked this Derek, as well is there any particular mm. type of horror that you sort of kind of enjoy doing more than others
0: uh a lot of the characters that i seem to play uh are uh either fathers that are losing slash have lost children slash wives slash lovers um so i i tend to be uh embittered or sad <laughs> um or going mad <laughs> I, I find that madness is a wonderful one where we start off normal and then and then slowly everything just sort of breaks down in a in this uh, in a world of, of craziness um in terms of one uh, you would we were talking earlier and and it is you know, i'll bring it back now in terms of one bit of horror that i don't do it's the gore and the body mm. horror I, I I don't like I I saw a scene from Hostel and that yeah, was a, more than enough for me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. masochistic um, either, to be honest. So that's that that side of stuff. No, thank you very much. But the um, anything to do with ghosts, with uh, the psychological side of stuff. Yeah, that's that's my sort of thing. I do um, in Ripon, North Yorkshire, where I am. Oh. Uh, I I do. Uh, help to run the ghost walks when they when 2020 is not fucking everything up. Um, do, do you do them in Do you do them in York? No, I do them in Ripon. Do you do them in
1: Ripon? because oh, there's a guy we uh, does some stuff for us. So he calls um, Dorian Deathly Nighters, and he does uh, ghost do, ghost walks of uh, of York and stuff. And it looks okay. looks yes. like loads of fun. Like I, oh, no, I I don't I don't believe in ghosts, but I I like the the the, the sort of. The, the theatre and the whole thing behind it. The stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I love that sort of thing. Yeah. Why don't you believe in them? um Because I, I watched the thing about... Um, I can't even remember where it came from, but it was... I'm an atheist, so I I don't believe in an afterlife. So okay. that sort of kind of ties into my initial... You know, why there couldn't be spirits Uh, scientifically I would say that I don't think I've seen anything that could prove it a lot of the stuff that I like um, to read and watch in Darren Brown's a massive thing. I love Darren Brown, and he's mm-hmm. very much a case of uh, it's a trick of the mind. Everything is, you know, in your mind. So if you see faces and things, uh, mm-hmm. it's very much a case of your brain is evolution. You know, the the evolution of a human brain is to put faces where they're not because it's trying to understand the world around it. So that's why mm-hmm. when you look at clouds, yeah, when you, yeah when you look at clouds and stuff like that, you see faces and you see things because that's what your brain is meant to. So it's back in the day. When you were trying to figure out, is there in in those raids over there? Is mm-hmm. it is is it a tiger or is it something that's going to kill me? Therefore, it's better for me to make something up and be safe than to kind of go well. I'll wait for it to pop out just in case it's nothing and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know it, it it's those sort of things, and it's like. Uh, you know, I used to like. Um, I was massively into it when I was a kid. Like, uh, we got told ghost stories about, like, the white lady in, in Northern Ireland where I am. There's a place called Red Hall, and there's, there was a white lady, and there was the, the headless horseman, and all the all, you had all those sort of the mad man. I think we had another one. We had a place called Madman's Leap in in Ballycarry, mm. the village where I am, sort of where this crazy man sort of uh, leapt to his death and comes back and kills people and stuff. But um, mm. and I loved it. And um, but I. I like, I'm very much a person who likes to be, to have it proven to me. And uh, as time's gone on, every time somebody's kind of gone, well, this is proof that it's a ghost. And I'm like, it, it isn't though. It doesn't really, you know, it can be explained in one way or another. And, you know, everything seems to be explainable from what I've seen so far. And that's why I, I, I don't believe in it. Um, it's not that I don't want to believe in it. I would happily, <laughs> I would happily believe in magic and ghosts and things like that. If somebody could turn around to me and go, look, this is proof. This, this is, this is, this is proof. Um, without showing me some fog on a photograph or, mm-hmm. you know, something that you know you can prove um, is, mm. is, is this? And I, you know, I, oh, I. I, I, I I've seen I've seen some things about how um you know oh, I can't even remember what it was but it's basically there was a th- there's a theory that right there might not be a soul but it's the fact that because energy is never uh it, created
0: or destroyed or created or destroyed that because of that you
1: have the potential of it going on to, to another going somewhere else so your mm-hmm. your, your essence is effectively moving in not and, and that sort of, you know, one. It's quite heartwarming in a way because you know, for if you're an atheist like me, there is no afterlife. So with something like that, you have something in a in a way to hold on to that makes you think, okay, well, you know, maybe there is something. But I just like the I live my life with proofs. I feel like I need things to be proved to me, and if they're, I'm happy to accept. If somebody turns around, we go, this is proof. I'm brilliant.
0: Happy days. Okay. Okay. So how do you know there is no afterlife?
1: Um, I, oh, somebody, somebody told me there's no, there is no particle, there is no, there is no, uh, spirit particle or anything. There's nothing that can be proven to sort of exist after that. They haven't found one in a lab, in lab experiments. They can't say, well, this is something that exists outside of your, 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 your conscious
0: body. Okay. But how do you know there is no afterlife? i i i don't know there, how do you,
4: how do you know I, there life? Yeah, this, I, is an afterlife
0: yes well this is this, this is thing i' i'm not saying that there is and but i'm not saying that there isn't but, that
1: there isn't. but, but it's the, there's that richard Dawkins thing so if you've- re- if you've read the um if you've read um the god delusion uh, and he basically mm-hmm. says you cannot be i am not at one hundred percent atheist nobody can be one hundred percent atheist because you can never know one hundred percent that there mm-hmm. is you know, like you said, in afterlife. You are, um, you are agnostic with a ninety-nine with a, a high percentage leaning towards mm. atheism. So I can never, uh, you know, it can never be proven because nobody's died and sort of been able to, to to prove it. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's it's likewise, you know, you nobody's know, come back to sort of disprove it or no, sort of to prove it.
0: Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So,
1: you, I can't prove it but yeah um, it's
0: like the story of of the babies in the wombs and if if babies had phones that they could talk to each other in in the wombs then yeah they'd all be happily chatting around and then suddenly one day one of them would disappear this this tunnel opens there's a there's a light at the end and there's that baby is no longer with them and and you know where's it gone they why isn't coming back we we have no proof that he's gone somewhere yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and and all of that you know there there are there are ways around things but the way that i look at things because i have gone through um being a christian then being hard anti-christian um i i don't think richard dawkins has it right personally because i think he presents a very joyless yeah he's very yeah. wonderless um, view of the universe, uh, a very mechanistic view, which I don't really like at all. Um, but my, in, in terms of ghosts, etc., I think I've never seen one, so I don't have personal proof. I don't have any kind of verification. I go around. I tell people the stories of, of strange things that have happened in places, uh, all of the the grisly deaths that have that have taken place in various buildings. Uh, but I personally I would say there is far too much evidence from people who say that they have seen things and said similar things without being able to corroborate to dismiss it out of hand
4: yeah I think um...
1: do you not think that would along the lines of you've got to look back in time everybody felt that you know because um, there was famine, it, it, that must be because of ex god, or that must be yeah, because of, that. yeah. and that's because mm-hmm. they had no other, and they all witnessed the same sort of thing. They would have had the same sort of experiences, and therefore it must be true mm-hmm. because that's the only thing you can go. So there's a lot of people who maybe don't have uh, sort of you know a lot of people see the faces and things that that's a big as a big sort of thing it's like they see faces and they believe that those faces must be um a, a you know must be a ghost and because there's a lot of them i i, I just don't I, I don't buy into the whole um because a lot of people agree to something because you know we had donald mm-hmm. trump so that that that, that <laughs> must be right basically <laughs> i don't do the populist sort of thing It's just like if you know it's just you know i, I, I I would, I would love there to be and stuff and there's certain things like you know uh, you know and even in my own mind as much as I like I said I'm you know I'm agnostic with a very strong leaning towards the atheism um, mm. like when my father died um, and I, I don't know if this is my mind making it up or if you know is, is it something that happened or is it something that my mind said happened after it because you know I'm trying to ease myself you know because of the passing of my father but i i I was sure that i had a dream um the night before i got the phone call of my father dying that he was walking up the stairs and sort of you know in my in my house and sort of looked back at me and sort of nodded and then went into his room and and then went and i have it in my head that's like when i when the phone call came to my sister saying you know he's dead i went i'm pretty sure i just had a dream about him and it's those things, and I wasn't, you know, in my mind, I was just like, did did that happen, or if I made that up afterwards to yeah. try and, you know, to try and, you know, make some connection or something. So there is a part of me that sort of wants it to be true. I just can't sort of get that justification because I don't, I don't know evidence. Yeah, it's, it's evidence. not, it's not, you know, it is evidence. It's, and it's more, I think it's more the fact of. I was more, I was more willing to believe in things um, when I was younger because, you know, you, I hadn't been, I hadn't been jaded by the world by then. I so you're just sort of be. happy to, to believe yeah, in. Stuff. But, oh. Well,
0: that's divine retribution, then, obviously. <laughs> yeah, say that. <laughs> oh no, no he's taking <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
4: so, Yes, yeah. uh, no, mean, I, I come from like an uh, an engineering rationalistic background, mm. and I was raised really Christian, but like I'm very happy. I wouldn't say militant, but uh, like a evidence based approach. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that kind of really runs home for me is that we have we cannot explain everything using science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's this line from Ghostbusters too, which I keep coming back to, is that you know um, uh, there are things out there that go way beyond human understanding, mm-hmm. and that is true. So I mean, while I am atheist, I would describe myself as spiritual, mm-hmm. and that's not a complete hardline. But yeah, there's stuff out there can we explain it no could we ever explain it no mm-hmm. <laughs> basically
1: well i i don't i i think you can i i i'm of the view that you know if somebody was to turn around to me and was able to explain i think most things in this world are explainable eventually it just takes time and human technology and understanding just the word most. Uh, Okay, I will say everything in this world is probably, is explainable, is, exp- I'll not use the, probably, everything in the world is explainable to a point. It's just that we either don't understand at this moment in time, don't have the technology to gauge what it is. Um, so, you know, it could be that somebody at some point go, look, there is something that can prove that there is an afterlife. It's just we don't have the technological ability to see that at this moment in time. And as soon as somebody told me that, I would go, bit. I'm on that. Awesome. That's great. But because but it's then not you're there... assuming
4: that um we will be able to understand it from our kind of five senses or our perception. Now try to explain like you know, a sixth or seventh perception or thinking in six dimensions.
1: Hmm. What's the sixth dimension?
4: exactly is, what is that is
1: that senses is that
4: sort of intu- uh, in, in, uh, intuition and well, stuff? well there's in the, in, the, in the dimensions there's x y and z up down depth. Yeah. then you've also got the fourth dimension time but then there is also completely theoretically possible a fifth or sixth dimension in an alternate um version of reality
0: which which you can have three dimensions of time to be fair going left and
4: right in time up, yeah and true time. there you go so they literally yeah. can have six dimensions um, now how could you think like that when we are linear people
0: how we- do you how do you explain depth to a painting
4: yeah
1: yes uh i understand that i'm not sure mm. where it comes in with the whole there you know is there ghosts or not i don't how does that extra do you have, you, have say- you
0: ever have you ever gone into a room and felt that sort of that shiver
1: well, I've had experiences like I, you know, the the place where we live in Northern Ireland where my my, my family home is, is called Red Hall and it's meant to be super haunted. And I remember going into, the, into Red Hall as a child, well not a child, sort of like 10, 11 with my brother and there was these toys that were sitting on the chair and we were there and I was looking at it and one just went and flew off. The chair and in my mind I was like there's no way that could have happened and we ran out Mm -hmm. screaming and stuff but it's just like you know at the time I was just like well that's impossible because there's no way but you know it could have been anything could have been the wind could have been something's knocked it it's not that it could have been you know all kinds of things and it's you know if there was ghosts that would, you know, if if I could justify to myself, there was something that would make me happy because that would mean I could see my father again or, you know, I could mm-hmm. see my loved ones again. That sort of, it's not okay. I'm doing it out of I'm, I. there's definitely nothing there because, you know, it would make me a lot happier to know that I would be able to see these people. I just cannot justify mm-hmm. it with myself. It's just like I went through a major, because I come from Northern Ireland and religion is a huge thing there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's cancerous in a way because it, it causes a lot of issues where it doesn't need to. And that's one of the reasons I've, I've turned to atheism because well you don't turn to atheism. You just sort of give up on religion effectively. Uh, mm-hmm. And then obviously being a history, being a history um, uh, nerd, um, you know, I know how, how the foundation of each religion has come about therefore. And it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, <laughs> this, so I've, I know uh, I've read all the main holy books and stuff like that. So all that stuff sort of tied into it, but, i I went through oh. like a, i went through the stage of um trying to justify it um and trying to because ju- i like, I went through being christian to being agnostic and the the atheism thing which I appreciate i've said you can never be fully atheism but you know atheism as we know it um it was really hard for me because I couldn't get past the the death thing I couldn't get past the whole there's nothingness um and ironically, um, it, I was I was I was in Kefalonia and I was looking at Ithaca um, at the time uh, when it just sort of flick clicked with me, and it's just like you know that's just the way it is. I actually wrote a poem about it, and it was just about sort of. It's called um, uh, Arda versus Drago, Drago, who are the basically the good and the evil of the Persian uh, the Persian pantheon, all uh, the ancient Persian pantheon, and. Um, it was just sort of like, you know, my my view on the gods died in one of the birthplaces of the Pantheon. And um it was for me it was quite poetic, but it was just sort of like, <laughs> you know, uh I I I struggle with the death thing, um, but I also am very have a very strong view on evidence-based things, I hate they're not, you know, like at the minute I have got some people on my Facebook who keep on banging on about fraud within this election with no evidence whatsoever. It annoys me. I don't, you know, I would happily accept something if somebody put it in front of me and said this is true. I'll believe that. That's fine. But if nobody can prove it to me, it's like it's belief. And for me, belief is a very dangerous thing. Coming from Northern Mm. Ireland, belief should, you know, it, for what we are as human beings, we should base our lives on facts so we can carry on. And then when new facts come into play, we can, um, we can evolve with them. But belief is something that can create war, can create death, can create, uh, division and stuff. And that's why I am very, very, very against this whole, well, yeah, you should just believe, man. You should just do this because it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't tie into me and what I've seen and, uh, you know, what i've witnessed growing up and stuff and it's just like i don't buy into that it has to be fact-based so i can register and go that's how things are this is how they should be as much as i want this other part to be true i can't justify it therefore there's no point in me killing myself over it i might as well just go right facts 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 facts
2: i would honestly say i i agree with a lot of that and um when my uh when my granddad died um two years ago, I remember the night before the funeral um, I just I just started talking into thin air as if I was talking to him and it's one of the things that um, m- myself, I am, I am Christian um, I'll honestly say I've not probably been the most um, fulfilling Christian, I've, I've very rarely ever gone to church or anything like that but I think for me it was the idea that I like the idea that maybe if I am talking out into the ether Maybe maybe someone is there. Maybe someone is listening to what's being said. Maybe something is being taken in. And I think a lot of it is, is personal feeling. It's not, it's not that I'm saying, like, oh, I'm purposely searching for evidence. Because I know some people want that presented to them. But then some people are happy to accept, you know, in myself, I think this. I think this is possible. I think this is something that is real. And everyone, I think, is always going to have this, this feeling of what they do, and don't believe. And even, and even Matt, as you've said, you know, you would like to have proof given to you. You'd like to have something put in front of you to say, yes, this is real. Like an afterlife is real. Ghosts are real. Things like that. And I, I understand that. And I think with me, I almost feel sometimes the same. I feel like I'd like to have something shown to me. I'd like to have something presented to me almost in black and white to say, yes, this is, this is all real. This is all true. But I think sometimes, in my heart, I just kind of want to go. Well, if I ain't communicating with anyone, if I'm not actually talking to anyone, when I am talking out loud, to me, I feel like I am communicating, even if it is just to maybe just maybe just almost like satisfy myself, almost just to make me hmm. make myself think. Uh, maybe if I do reach out, who knows what could come of it?
0: It certainly sounds though, Matt, that that you that you're position is very much forged in the fire of religion very and much so, yeah. religion is uh, is can be absolutely a poison an absolute poison um because religion once once there is an idea an idea is so you could call it timeless but very much it's usually an idea for a certain time a certain place a certain people and that's when it's there for the uh, the the tension is created, and then it's resolved. And the problem comes when people start building their lives around what was a very temporal thing, a very temporary thing. You're that's about
4: dogma, isn't it? Exactly. Dogma, yeah. yes, yes. Uh,
0: that's when that's when religions start and and it stops being an idea, a faith, whatever it starts being a religion and religion is a problem. I think we can probably all agree on, on that one. Um, and the, the problem for me is that when I see people like Richard Dawkins, when I see people like Brian Cox, uh, and, and people like that, they have turned science into a religion. They have turned, uh, they've turned it into this whole, Oh, no, that's just superstition. You can't believe that that's superstition. Of course it can. What we need is uh, we need evidence, we need facts, and it has become a religion of science, which is just as damaging, in my mind, as any other religion.
1: Well, any any tribalism whatsoever is sort of you know is going to be that way. There's what is it? there's the um, there's a South Park episode where uh, they go into the it's got Richard Dawkins in it actually, and uh, <laughs> it's got the it's got the uh, these atheist otters, and it's about the different factions within the atheist otters and stuff, and how <laughs> they believe you know their views on certain facts and stuff, and it mm. is you know, and I I agree. That, that's why I sort of you know. I, I I I've said I'm atheist loads of times when I try not to say, you know, I I don't want to sort of get myself into that sort of niche of being a part of something. But I can understand mm-hmm. what you're saying because Richard Dawkins, you know, I as as a person and I've met him. I've got his, I got I got his new book. I got it signed and everything. Um, is quite sort of um, what's the word? Um, he's quite sterile in his views of, they're very much black and white. This is true. This mm-hmm. isn't true. Uh, and if you if you don't believe it, you're an idiot. And he is yeah. quite, I think over time, um, and you can see sort of his earlier works, it's not as sort of, um, I wouldn't even say, well, I suppose, milita- militant mm-hmm. slightly. It, it is militant. Yeah, yeah. quite yeah. militant. Um, he, You can tell that he, he's literally been questioned so much over certain things that he's literally just dug his heels
0: in and gone, that's it. And I'm just Absolutely. sort of, I'm, I mean, he's, he's been put up against some of the most idiotic people yeah. on the planet <laughs> and, and being told to debate these people. And, and, and on both sides, there is a lack of wanting to give any ground whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's not meaningful debate when you've got two polarized opinions that aren't going to shift. No, no, no. Uh, you're, you're never going to get anything out of that. But yeah, so he, he has had to, he has had to do this in a way it's a character he is playing a character for the public it's probably not the same when he goes home to romana but um you know, that that is his character of the militant atheist who 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 is the pope of the religion of science
1: yeah he is effectively the pope of of, of science isn't he but um i, I it's the thing is I as much as he is as a, as a person who you know from interviewing and stuff for me the stuff he writes Especially more about religion because again, for me, that's the sort of the, the thing that you know, you know, winds me up the most. Um, mm. it makes sense and stuff, you know, um, stuff about how you know you can't have you can't have a Christian baby, you can't have a Christ, uh, a Muslim baby, you can't have a um a Jewish baby because they don't know any better. They're basically just yeah, being no. told what to be, and therefore you can't be. They yeah. haven't made up their mind and stuff like and stuff like All that. Religion is conditioning. Yeah, con- yeah, it is conditioning. It's basically and <laughs> but- it's sort of. Talks Talks about sort of um, what is it? It's li- it's basically it's like you know, as as a as a child, you grow up and children are like sponges. Children are mm. basically they will accept everything their their parents will tell them because you know, back in the day, if your parents told you, "Don't eat that berry, it's poisonous," "Don't go over there because there's tigers." Uh, don't mm-hmm. do that. that that's how they survived therefore mm-hmm. when somebody turns them there's a guy in the sky uh who will send you to hell if you do this they'll go okay i believe that that's that's the way it is because that's the way they're conditioned to believe things and so that's yeah. you know stuff like that sort of registers with the history side of mine th- and things and then obviously the scientific side of things sort of marries in and that's why i'm like i buy but into then, that
0: then you've you've given us your own conditioning uh because you you talked yeah you you basically gave chapter and verse on seeing faces in things that that was chapter and verse conditioning from the richard dawkins darren brown sort of thing
1: yeah but that's that's science
0: surely isn't it it's just like you're 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 evolved to make make sense of things um it's it's a story they are telling you a story that you have chosen to
4: take on board as well that is a repeatable and proven story
1: yeah that's that's that, that's sort of this, it, it is a basis of yeah. fact as a repeatable it, 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 is, it is a
0: basis of evidence yeah. um it is but, but, it, but it, sorry carry on. No, i was, I was just going to say what science does is it creates a model of the world yes that it says is explainable i would say it creates i would say it defines okay it it attempts to define yeah a model of the world which it can explain yeah. It does not explain the world. It explains a model of the world which it has created.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. And uh, with every new bit of evidence, with every new theory that uh, gets put forward, the model is refined. Agreed. But it will never, and I, I use my words carefully, it will never be able to exactly define the world as we see it
1: never it will we'll still it.
0: always be defining its model however it's good bit, that model becomes but
3: surely it's a bit it's, like
4: fractals though because we when you keep looking down there's something that bit more that still yeah. needs to be discovered yes. um have you ever played the role-playing game mage the ascension I have heard of it. I, I have not played it, though. That is basically all about right around paradigms and how a major cast magic through mm. manipulating reality mm. on the basis of their belief of their paradigm is correct. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and got... there, there
0: there is... Oh, sorry. Carry on.
4: And there's kind of different factions. You've got the traditions, which are based around all the different uh, religions and, and spiritualities. And then you kind of got the the uh, technocracy, which are all based on the science, like the biogenetics, um, uh, social, uh, social engineering um, and so on. And then you've also got like the the bad guys, which are like were based around like satism and, and worshipping of false gods, false idols and, you know, very carefully, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's all based on like you know, how one person's vision of how reality is and should be. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is uh, something that has been shown
0: experimentally that if an experimenter expects a positive result, this uh, then mm-hmm. they will more likely get said positive result.
4: Same with a negative result. But that is also why you have... a uh, placebo in...
0: effect and...
4: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly But also when um, science... Uh, well, it's just not science, but when a theory has been proven, you not only have the ex- the initial experimenter do- mm-hmm. doing the uh, research, but you also have like independent peer reviewers to actually mm-hmm. come in there with a critical and neutral viewpoint and say, can Apparently, we prove critically this? Critically and neutral, yes. Um. Usually, yes, they are. I don't know everyone I but yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say yet, but the ones I have spoken to, and the ones I know approach things with a firm understanding of the way of the basic the laws of physics, and mm-hmm. like uh, and they kind of come into like, okay, well, this will it'd be great if you're good, but if not, hope mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. i it's The thing is, like you know I am very mindful that. We are, as human beings, still, you know, we're not far off from when we were, mo- we were, you know, monkeys, you know. You know, in the grand scheme <laughs> of the world, you know, the world is 4.2 billion years old and we are, yeah. you know, anywhere between 200,000 and 300,000 years old. We are evolved years. monkeys. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we aren't sort of... That far forward, you know, there's billions of years of other things evolving that sort of before we came around. So yeah, of course, we are not going to understand everything. And will we understand everything if it is if if you know if we live, you know, human beings carry on forever? Then eventually, maybe we will. But we are not going to. It's not going to be in my lifetime. It's not going to be in uh, my children's lifetime. Um, it's going to get to a point where. I have to draw a line. In my mind, it's I have to draw a line. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have to understand what I understand. And as, as much
4: as I want there, these
1: things to be true,
4: I just... Well, it's mm-hmm. uh, that thing that, you know, like the CERN was created to to actually find the Higgs boson, the, mm. like one of the smallest particles ever. And they found it. Mm-hmm. And then they also found out something even smaller. Yes. Well, As yeah, d- d- so I think we got, we are going to get literally to the, uh, the factor effect where you kind of was keep going down, defining and defining and finding, but there's something that a little bit more that still needs to be defined. Yeah, and I, mm.
1: I I love that. Like I yeah. you know I I'm a stubborn person, but I one I think one of the, my better traits is if somebody turns around to me and proves me wrong, I'm very happy just to go. You know what? okay cool i'll i'll buy into that and you know if you know if if science you know at history i've got different sort of i i like reading histories that are unpopular because it's good to see what's on the the other side of the coin and things. And as, mm-hmm. as history evolves, because obviously there's different, you know, history's written by the the victors. And so mm-hmm. revisions come in and you read things and go, oh shit, I didn't I didn't know about that. You know, like I used to venerate the Spartans, uh, you know, the whole thing about Spartan, Spartan um, machoism. And, you know, my father used to tell me stories about, you know, uh, the Battle of Thermopylae and the, the Peloponnesian Wars and things like that. And uh, I loved it. And then I started reading you know, Spartans are shitheads. You know, they were, you know, (laughs) they were, um, they would, um, they had basically, they would murder children. They, um, uh, not patricide, um, what's, oh, it's not, it's basically uh, pederasty was institutionalized. Um, you know, they they were... Oh, um, and he's gone again. It, it, <laughs> oh.
0: Sir Isaac Newton was a bastard as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just, yes, what with the scientists? Am <laughs> I back yet? Am uh, I back yet? Uh, Am yeah. oh, back? There we
2: go.
1: There yeah. Is. Sorry. Yeah, there's uh, OBS. This, when I'm going into a it, thing, it's going to kill you. But it's just like you have these... <laughs> Um, these things where you, you, you have a belief in them. And then as time goes on, you go, you know what? That's not true. These guys were, sh- these guys were, were, were shitheads. And these, you know, you know, these guys, you, know, we were talking about Cthulhu. So obviously Lovecraft was a racist, you know, and, yeah, you know, right. you've got all these sort of things that you have to sort of, I think you have to accept this, this, as, as time goes on and as humanity evolves, you have to accept the evolution as it goes along. And therefore that means, you know things that you don't understand therefore if somebody turned around to me and go you know what matt i can prove to you that gods exist or i can prove to you that there is an afterlife and things i would go brilliant awesome because that's how you should be Who somebody who believes in science or somebody who believes in um you know the truth should accept things and not just mm, dig. absolutely in. That is, not uh,
0: dig... the scientific method yeah you should you, do... you have your model of the world and when new evidence comes in you alter it accordingly exactly yeah. and and i i'm i am i'll, I'll for that, um, I like I said I can be stubborn and I'll argue
1: if I believe in something. You know, if I think I've got the facts <laughs> in my head, I will argue it blind. But if somebody has a good enough, and I, I do this all the time, uh, my one of my best friends uh, is called John, and he's from a Catholic sort of background in Northern Ireland, and um. I'm from a sort of, well, my mother's Catholic, but she's English Catholic, my father's Protestant, so technically a Protestant background, and um, we have some really, you know, both of us are atheists, um, and both of us don't, you know, understand Northern Ireland very well, because having lived there, um, but we have very long debates, and he, and, and both of us are very good at sort of, if somebody has a good point, I'm just going, you know what, you're right. And there's no harm, and and I think this mm. is an, I think this is an issue you have with a lot of people. Um, they feel that if they're proven wrong, it sort of diminishes them, or it makes mm. them less of a person, or makes them feel like an idiot. Whereas I see it as you know what I was wrong, and mm. I I feel better for it now. I understand that. I think like this is a stupid example, but I was walking along. Uh, with my girlfriend the other day, and we were, and I turned around to her, you know, being, being this sort of like, yeah, I'm mean, the, you know, it all and everything. That's oilseed rape over there. And she went, no, it's not. And I went, yes, it is. And she went, that, <laughs> that's not oilseed rape. And I said, it is oilseed rape. And then I went, I'll prove it to you. Google, Google, Google. Oh, right. You're right. It's not. It's such and such. And I, instead of kind of going, yeah, but it is. And, and arguing it blind, I went, you know what? You're right. And I'm sorry. And, um, you know, you learn something new every day. And I, I didn't take it as a slight to myself i took it as i learned something that day and i and mm-hmm. moved on and i think yeah. people need to do that people need to sort of have yeah. that view on things <laughs> that you should accept new things that are coming in but, and sorry
2: i always i always find that if you do like you say you know you fancy out something new and you've gone okay i accept i was wrong and i i enjoy doing that because um i do uh, a lot of quizzes i do um a hell of a lot of questions as well. Um, so I, I, I like finding out things, especially stuff that I thought, oh, I, I'm sure that was such and such. So I was like, nope, I was completely wrong. And uh, I think it helps yourself if you do learn something, if, if especially, I don't know, that maybe changes part of you as well if there's something that you really thought, oh, this is definitely whatever. And then you find out it's something else. You go, hmm, so if I thought that was wrong, what else have I got wrong? And it makes you evaluate quite
1: a few things. Exactly, it does. And, you know, that's, Mm. it's, you know, I think it's an amazing feeling to find something new. And, you know, you get through, you get to that point where, you know, I remember the first time reading that, you know, the book about Spartans and it was, it wasn't painting them in the best of lights. And I was (laughs) just like, oh, right. So that's everything I had in my childhood sort of (laughs) gone because that's the one I was sort of, but it, then after you get that initial pain of going, oh, I was wrong, you kind of go, wow, I've, I've learned something new. It, it's something I can sort of, I can talk about and I feel
0: like I'm educated about that, that about that subject. And suddenly the world opens up again. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: We need to crack those old beliefs open to be able to grow and find something bigger.
1: But yes. this, this sort of brings us back to the, to the argument is that <laughs> for you to learn, you need facts. And therefore, you, you, I, it's like, it, I'm really bad at explaining myself. I can do you know, ironically, mm-hmm. I'm dyslexic. I can write these things out a bit better than I can. But uh, it's just <laughs> trying to kind of uh, articulate myself. I've got the words in the back of my head and they, just, they get stuck. But um it's like, you, you need facts to basically to understand these things and go, right, I was wrong. To be wrong, you need a fact. Therefore, it has to be a fact. Therefore, you can't have something go, is that right? Could be, but that's not a fact. Therefore, I can't learn from that because I'm, I'm postulating that that's a possibility. It's not a fact, if you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you know, w- with the ghost thing, it's like, I can't prove that there are ghosts nobody can currently prove to me that there are ghosts. Um, therefore, it's not, I, I'm i not learning anything new by saying to myself, well, I could, bete- I could sort of assume that they exist or I could sort of, um, you know, maybe believe that they exist or something like that. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't give me that extra sort of opening of the world, but if somebody turns but then, around but to then me.
0: The, the thing is that uh, you, you say that, I would say, well, I can't prove that they, can't, that they don't exist, so why do I need to take a stance on it? Why, does my, why do I need to close off one part of a world by oh. saying they don't exist um, rather than just say I have an open mind, I don't know? There is nothing wrong in science by saying we don't know at this point.
1: No, I, you know, mm. I, I, I agree with that, actually. I, I think there... <sighs> It's very easy just to sort of, especially, you know, and I find myself falling into that sort of trap sometimes where you kind of go, I don't believe in something when it could just, it's just as easy to go, you know, I don't know. And Mm. therefore, um, you know, maybe that's something I've learned from, I'll learn from today. It's just sort of, (laughs) instead of kind of going, I don't believe in something, um, I just don't know. Um.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, like, it's...
0: I, I could say that I don't believe in Australia. I've never been there. There are
4: people <laughs> that it's... say they come from there. There are, There's TV <laughs> programs that say they I've come got... from there. I've, but... I've met one. One of mates comes from Australia, so I'm pretty confident. <laughs> the label I, I think They could just be saying that. I, I, have you yeah. been to Australia? Do you know it's there? Hey. No, but, well,
2: you we but... the of England could be like Truman Show. You know, there might not be anything exactly. else.
4: Exactly. Yeah, no, no, well, not because I've been to America, so it's not. So a bit more than. Oh, a bit but more... how do
2: we know you've been to America? <laughs> Uh, And also
0: on that plane, how do you know that there wasn't just um, they weren't projecting stuff onto the windows to make (laughs) it look like this is where you're getting (laughs) in their life madness. But exactly. So to to me, uh, as I say, it's it's not a question of saying they don't exist because I have no evidence that they do. It's saying uh, it's putting myself in the position of I don't know. Therefore, I will go move forward with an open mind. But it's not so open that my brain is going to fall out. Blah blah blah. It's just not wanting to take a a position either side.
1: I, I yeah I, yeah. I I think it's sort of for me. It's more that um, I see so many sort of crackpot things, and I'm just like mm. that can be explained. If it could be explained, if it, if it couldn't be explained, and I couldn't explain it, then I go well. You know what? Can't be explained. Therefore. Um, like I don't have, I, I can't have a viewpoint on it because I've got no basis of fact mm-hmm. to to yeah. to to go for it and stuff. But everything currently that I've been shown is can be explained in one way, shape, or form, and that's why I. You know, maybe I shouldn't say, I don't believe. What? I just say, I just don't have, you know, I there's no facts for me to base a good… There's insufficient supporting evidence. Uh, yes. Insufficient yes. supporting evidence oh. to, believe, to to buy yeah. into that. You know, there's the part of me, like you said, I've said, that wants to believe it. And then there's the other part of me that's kind of going, well, there's no facts, you can't believe in it. But maybe I should take the middle ground in certain things and just go, you know what, mm-hmm. there's no supporting evidence for this. Therefore… I, I can't I can't accept it but uh you know it, it, I could you know later on down the line you know I don't know
0: and and part of all of this is challenging our assumptions and then challenging the assumptions behind those assumptions like um you have said that um your belief in belief comes from your background in Northern Ireland and the whole, so there is a whole uh, a whole mess a whole net there of about belief and about what belief means and what religion is and what what all of, which colours the way that you look upon facts belief etc now so there is there is that challenge to to your past to say okay can i untangle what happened 20 years ago 25 years ago to then that, that will then change the way that you think about belief now
1: but it's a, i i know i'm not saying i i've got a sort of i don't look at life in a black and white way i've always mm. and i say this I, I i say this quite regularly you know the world is not black and white the world is gray there's so mm. much there's so much within things you know and you know it's ironic because i will say i don't believe in god and i don't believe in <laughs> ghosts which are black and white statements you know mm. um Whereas, you know, I, I do vigorously believe, you know, and I'm using the word belief that the world is gray because there's always little complexities within everything. Ooh. You know, we are a very complex, you know, mm-hmm. organism with a complex science, with complex science behind it. Um, it, And, you know, belief for me in certain ways is having belief in, you know, you know, my father having belief in me or me having belief in, you know, Pete or John Joe or um, you know, me, you know, my girlfriend's belief in me or you know, those things are are to me acceptable behaviors. It's just when belief verges into the spiritual where it it starts to become yeah. slightly more Dogma. Uh, yeah. And that yeah, it, that's it's what it's sort of Dogma. It's yeah, religion. Yeah, and that's where well, that's where it is. Religion it's,
0: takes a lot of forms, yeah. Whether whether it be political religion or Uh, scientific religion or anything else but then even
2: away from religion belief can be many other things because you think thousands of years ago people thought that the earth was the center of the universe or the world was flat um and then you discover no we're actually just a, a tiny little speck of a grander picture and it's not even just that you know people look at stuff from you know like from tv from so many years ago you know the idea that oh you know you'd never have like a mobile device you won't be able to talk into a watch you wouldn't have doors that automatically open but eventually things do happen things do come up it's not just the belief in religion and what you feel around you it's also belief in things that progress and things that obviously do come into modern day and i'm not saying that that's exactly what will happen in terms of spiritual things but we look at how technology has gone up how we understood the world that's around us who's to say that one day you know we don't find out the spirits are real. We don't find out any of this is actually true on our own accord. We might one day discover, oh shit, there is a ghost something like that. You know, I think it's, it's it, it, for me,
1: I think, and it, it is stemming back to, you know, uh, you're a product of your environment. It is very much a case stemming back to my experience in Northern Ireland and, and um, how, you know, how I've been brought up and how, you know, my life has, has, has panned out. Um, I, I think belief is a, a great thing, um, and, and I, I'm very mindful that I said it was dangerous. But you know, <laughs> in, in 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 certain people's hands, you know, I have a friend. Uh, I've got a couple of friends who are very religious. Uh, there's one guy called Ali McNally who I went to school with, and he's super Christian, and he highlights. Uh, he said he he. he post pictures on his instagram highlights things in the bible and stuff and you know for me the bible is is pure hypocrisy and i you know i've read it numerous times i know the history behind it and stuff and i it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me but for him Mm -hmm. it means something but it means something to him and it means something to his family and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't preach it he doesn't sort of you know try and enforce it in something. It's for him, it's a personal thing. And he's amazing because, you know, he's the first person if, you know, when my dad died or when, you know, stuff was going down, he had messaged me, you okay, man, how's things? Are you okay? You know, he'll talk to me about stuff. And he's so chilled and he doesn't sort of, he doesn't sort of buy into my, my atheist rants and stuff I have on Facebook and stuff. He just, he, it's a personal <laughs> thing for him. And so his belief is a good thing because it makes him, as he's a good person because of it. And it makes him feel good. It's when belief it, it percolates into society. Um, and again, you've got things like in Northern Ireland where, you know, you, it re, it, re, it restricts human rights and it restricts. Yeah. Um, that's where,
4: that's where you got the conflict of church and state. Yeah, and yeah. You basically don't have faith again. You
1: know, when you, when you, when, when, I I I'm I, I would say I, I'm all for um, you know I, it, I I would never mock somebody who says they believe in a ghost. I will argue with them that you know I don't think you know they they exist as we've tried here, but I will never <laughs> mock the I, 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 I'll never mock them for it because that's their personal belief and it's not going to have any bearing on me or my children if if I ever have children or you know um, you know. My, my family and stuff, but when 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 beliefs um, start to go into policy and become, you know, I believe in something, therefore. And that's when start things start to sort of get a bit muddy for me. And that's where my sort of line starts to draw. And I'm like, I this is where it's dangerous and this is where the issue is. And that's why I'm like, these were, this is where facts need to be. And stuff is like, you can't have religion. Like you know, that thing in Northern Ireland where, you know, you're basically saying, um, you know, you can't have human rights. Women can't have choice because... Um, this book says you're not allowed to and you, you know, you can't get married um, uh, to another person of the same sex because um, we believe in this. And it's just like stuff like that doesn't sit right with me. It really, it it frustrates me, it annoys me because
0: um, it's, it, you know so i, so I think we, we've basically come around to the fact that religion is a bad thing
1: yes in a way it is it is <laughs> and
2: it's and just i'm of, also thinking it, as well we could release this as two separate podcasts you know we've got the first half is geek right the second half is
1: um we tried to sort of we used to try to um segment these podcasts but i think it just got the point where things <laughs> would just move into them and you just sort of you, <laughs> you carried on but yeah you know mm. it's just i you know i I have sort of strong beliefs in things, um, but it's more, I oh, it's just hard to sort of, it's hard to explain. It's just sort of like, mm-hmm. I'm a very, an, emo, an emotional sort of guy, and I would, you know, I have this thing where I, deep down, I want there to be this sort of, you know, thing that sort of guides you and stuff like this, but, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's, yeah it's it's a hard It, it, it does sound like there's a lot of disenchantment about the world wrapped up in there
1: yeah it's just you know i in my mind you know i'm i'm i i'm a globalist i believe in humanity evolving to its potential to being better to you mm-hmm. know i i'm not everybody sort of goes humanity sucks and i said like, yeah we have some really bad points but you know what we do amazing things as well and we can be better and we can be better and all it takes is us to sort of move forward better in science moving you know always educating ourselves and it's just when regressive things happen like you know mm-hmm. you know you know where the people tribalism comes in and everybody's sort of trying to be sort of what they were 100 years ago and stuff and just like we are not that we're not those people. We, mm-hmm. as humans, should move forward. We should be evolved. We should be better. We should be a united um, force. And it's just sort of, you know, you don't have to lose out in heritage or tradition and stuff like that to still be unified in as yeah. a, as 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 a as a, a a race that could colonize the stars at one point, you know, in yeah. some time in the future and stuff. You know, it just it. it you know it upsets me you know, that would sort of you know and i see i see potential in human beings whereas a lot of people just see dickheads and it's
3: like you know
2: <laughs> I, I think i should take this opportunity now to obviously say again sorry for the whole like not exactly saying it was live David, and also um also sorry for you know the last hour or so where you know talking about anything really apart from geek well, what is
1: geek though what is geek john yeah. show it's just well, like it's being well, being sort of into something really all
2: sort of passionate. All, all i'll say is that i've probably taken quite a few notes into um into a potential story for myself now and uh <laughs> you know and matt now that you've had your acting lesson as well you may have to get in on this you know yeah, well, I you
1: know you know that's why I love Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. So you know, it's something mm. that I can react. I can bring in that whole the part of me that kind of wants to. I I can enact the it. Yeah, the theater side of it. You know, I love that. You know, I just sort of I really love getting into I, as you as people know the the, the text the text um adventures yeah. we do. Like yeah. I feel, I go all in with them and stuff, and it's just like you know because it's just like that part of me that's being sort of repressed down. You know, down there sort of is is able to come out and just. Kind of go, ah, oh, this this is happening, this and it's, and it's great. Oh, this, it is great. But, um, yeah. text
0: adventures, that uh, that that was gaming. Yeah, text yeah. adventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I used to program text adventures on my on GW Basic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Like we do, we do basically uh, mid. Uh,
1: so if we have some downtime in a D and D game, uh, or I need to get through a uh, uh, sort of a middling part of story that we don't want to do in the stream. I'll do it via WhatsApp and I'll basically do roles within the game, within the WhatsApp to see how things go on. So basically, you know, the last one we did is one of our characters died and it was basically, so we had a whole storyline. With one of the guys dying and, and you know pete's character basically trying to destroy the crystal which was housing him and stuff and uh,
4: hey. well <laughs> i thought it was because the crystal had trapped his spirit and i was trying to free it ah, okay yeah.
1: that's good stuff like uh, that you know it's just it's great because you can really sort of evolve with it and mm. it, you know you get a lot of you know good good story arc out of it and it's because I, you can, you
2: can, i've still got to get on one of these nights i've still got because wow. i've never done dungeons and dragons i've never actually played dungeons and dragons in my life because i i don't i never used to hang around with people that used to really get into a lot of geeky stuff and i like you know i used to watch doctor who and i'll go oh did you see doctor who? and everyone's going what the hell are you on about <laughs> and um and then it's like star trek was the same thing um even like when i used to look at like classic sci-fi I used to um I used to really enjoy Blake Seven and oh, I didn't know I didn't theory. know anyone else. I didn't know anybody else who watched Blake Seven and I remember watching the old videotapes about four or five times over. Mm. I absolutely loved that series. Mm-hmm. Um but like I said, no one I knew when I was 14, 13 years old, no one I knew had even heard of it. And, and like
4: mm. you go, Oh,
2: do you want to watch it? they go, Nah. And especially especially when you say it's a videotape, and they go, Oh, what? So I've got to rewind it. But <laughs> get such a chore.
1: Kids don't know they're born these days.
2: You know, there's a, a friend of mine, um, their, their child's only at five years old, and um, she tried introducing her to a cassette tape, and um, she hmm. said, Here's the cassette. And she went, so, so how does the music come on this? There's no screen on it.
3: And
2: it's like, <laughs> no, it's not an iPod. It's um, uh, it, it's scary. And you think like, you know, how technology does change. Mm-hmm. Even the mini disc player, you know, I, I still got a mini disc player, which I absolutely love. And that was one of my favorite ways of listening to music. I showed that to someone <laughs> and they went, oh, went not these these funny little computer discs that you used to, Um, I went, no, no, they're floppy discs. He went, what? How is this not a floppy disc? I went, well, I'll give you a clue. Is it floppy? <laughs> no. Well, there you
0: go. <laughs> oh, three and a half inch floppy wasn't floppy. <laughs> Five and a quarter inch no, floppy was floppy. Oh yeah, that was yeah, a floppy disk. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: God, well, that's old school, man. I still
0: remember 14k modems and stuff. This. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, 14k modems. Oh, that, that's that's top of the line. That is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like uh,
1: and DOS having to type oh, commands, yeah. oh, yeah. t- having to type commands in to get oh, you know man, to get
4: into games. I remember oh, yeah. BASIC.
0: <laughs> yeah i i was bbc basic
4: wow i was i was Spectrum basic uh, okay yeah, yeah. Wow. 40k 40k spectrum that's one of my word files now <laughs> <laughs> which put things in this perspective a lot yeah. oh
0: it does yes <laughs> my, my dad will tell of the story of how they had to their their computer room was massive at university and they had to get time to do their punch cards to be able to uh, and then when he uh when he got to the office um when he ran his own business uh his the first computer had a room full of technology and one megabyte a full megabyte of space (laughs) holy shit
3: yeah
0: (laughs) Oh megabyte and that that would have cost quite a lot in those oh, days. oh yeah that's, i remember my, scary. i remember my first computer
1: in university um that my dad bought me and it had two gigabytes of memory yep. and i was like holy shit two gigabytes that's <laughs> madness two gigabytes and I I, 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 i'm i'm killing myself if i haven't got a couple of terabytes <laughs> now <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, all right um in that lull we, we've got on for a long time. I'm just trying to figure out if this is currently the the longest podcast we've had. Uh, Two and a half
4: hours, quite possibly. Yes,
1: I'm just trying. I think because I think Erica's was was the was the winning was the. Let's see, hers is. Yeah, yeah, I think we've to, topped that. Now. Yeah, we, we've definitely topped that. So you, you've got the record at the minute, Dave. Show
2: you know what I love, it. I love yeah. it if Erica listens to it and she goes, "Well, hang on, we spent over an hour talking about Star Wars, but on this one, we, we were going into." some real deep questions and yeah i felt like therapy <laughs> <laughs> oh i'll tell you what i definitely don't need i felt like off.
1: i felt like dave was sitting there with a, a pen and paper and sort of i'm sitting on the sofa and he's just going so tell me about your phone
0: <laughs> 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 uh, he yeah, he does. Does. there was a little
1: bit of that <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah um so um dave have you got any sort of websites or anything people should or anything coming up that people should know about
0: Wow. Well, um, so my website is davidalt.co.uk where you can find out a little bit about me. I don't really keep it very current, but it's, it's there. Um, you can find me on the No Sleep podcast on Shadows at the Door, the podcast. We are just about to finish our second season of British horror stories. Um, season one, Uh, was basically just me doing all the narration. Season two we've finally got more people on so that I don't have to do any uh, women's voices in a Monty Python style. Um... (laughs) Not dead yet. (laughs) He says he's not dead. He's a very naughty
1: boy.
0: Uh, So yeah, Erica is is a part of that. Erica who is wonderful and lovely. Um, And uh, in fact Erica and I, we've got up to some amazing things in the No Sleep podcast, including ripping out people's teeth. We were demons uh, for, for a time. You know, we, we've done a lot. Um, other places, you can hear me doing my first d first and only so far d d campaign in Dark Dice. Nice. Uh, so find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's there's various other things. Um, which I'm probably going to white vault is a, is another good one. I'm on seasons one and two of that. There are a lot of other things where you could probably find me. Uh, and um, I can't think of them at the moment, but you can, you can definitely find me on uh, darker projects. The Byron Chronicles was the very first thing that I started off with uh, back in 2005, 2006, and it is still going. So uh, that is a, Again, one of the one of the the oldest kind of things going. So yeah, there's a lot of me around. Uh, Certainly at the beginning of my um, whole stint as a voice actor, I was uh, a tart, Uh, (laughs) giving my voice to whoever wanted it. Um, Which is it was a good thing about being a Brit in a very American-dominated world. Uh, If they wanted someone with an agenda, someone mysterious, or um, someone who was going to end up being evil. It was a Brit, and so that's, <laughs> how, I, that's how I came to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. I, I really, really super enjoyed this. Uh, there's nothing better I like to talk about is politics and religion. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: at least we didn't get a well, while. We touched on the politics a little bit, yeah.
1: But yes. Yeah, so, um, yes, I really appreciate the uh, the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you all very much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for me, uh, I've been Matt Geary. With me tonight has been Peter Ray Allison.
4: Take care, everyone.
1: John Joe Cosgrove. See you all soon. And special guest, Dave Alt. Cherry bye. Bye.
0: Bye. bye.